Welcome, everyone, to Papa Spice's Hot Takes with Hans and Harry. How is everybody out there in Internet land doing? We hope you are doing well. Hey, guys. We had the Super Bowl for movie fans this past week. So that's going to be one of our topics. But before we dive into that, Hans, how are you doing tonight, pal? I'm good, and by Super Bowl, uh, yeah, for uh, this is definitely your guys' Super Bowl. The, this for the for uh, what we're going to talk about. This this is the kind of Super Bowl. If you say, uh, uh, I'm trying to think, two teams like Denver and Carolina was in the Super Bowl, where I'm just mm. happy to watch, and I have I'm not rooting for anyone. So uh, yeah, but other than that, doing good. It's starting to it's it, it's it's cold. It's cold. It's it's breezy, but we're we're hitting that we're hitting that April weather. Um, hopefully soon. I, I, I needed to warm up because like today I walked outside of my shorts today. Like, what am I doing? I think we need a, uh, a weather section of our podcast. Uh, we go heavy on the weather. Uh, usually well, the, uh, the intro beginning. is like the informal weather segment. Mm. <laughs> it is. It, it is. Always, it always is wrong. invariably every, can every I, episode. can I do a new, can I do a weather segment where I just compare it to like different movies? Like with different, like I can bring in like Geostorm or whatever that one was a twister. I could just day you know, after I tomorrow. Just, day after that's the one I'm thinking of. Not Geo Story. It's the same movie. <laughs> what so. was uh, what was the the recent one with the moon? Moonfall. 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 Derp. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. Where that I is, yeah. that's when we the weather is apocalyptic outside. Which I have not watched yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Um. Well, yeah, that's that's a good suggestion. I'll I'll take it under advisement. Uh, Harry, how you doing tonight, pal? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, midway through the week. Uh. Was off on Monday after the uh, the Super Bowl of the movies, uh, the Oscars, which uh, I have a lot of thoughts on um, in regards to it. Uh, we ha- we had a, a nice rendezvous together with uh, you know watching the Oscars, having trivia, filling out ballots, doing a lot of fun together uh, as far as the Oscars are concerned. So I had a great time in regards to that. So uh, yeah, I'm doing wonderful. Um, one person, however, was not in attendance uh, at my Oscar party and. Um, that's because he usually does an Oscar party of his own, uh, Papa, uh, in regards to that. I wonder who you could be talking about, but before we get to that, you just said rendezvous, like it was some clandestine affair. I mean, it was yeah. a party. Well, you know, it wasn't a secretive or anything. I threw it out on invites the Facebook. Well, the, the, yeah. the invites were private. It wasn't public. It wasn't, uh, even though there was a lot of people yeah. there, um, it was probably our biggest Oscars, uh, party turnout. I don't know if some will be back. Um, this might have been a one and done for some, but uh, <laughs> there's you know, that. There's, there's the breaks. There's definitely someone listening to this that wasn't invited on that private invite, and it's just going to be really bad. Well, mm. you know, maybe uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe reach out because maybe you'll get an invite next year. Because uh, you know, more the more movie lovers, the the merrier, in my opinion. So we need somebody to dethrone uh, Papa Spice and uh, and Dom and trivia. So Ooh, uh, yeah, that would be nice. I, I, because I left early, I still need to know where I stand on trivia. And you got to reach I... out to Jill. So All right. She'll let yeah. you know. She's the I official some... bookkeeper. Yeah. Well, uh, right. Harry was referring to a, uh elusive member, someone that did not attend his party but was invited. And that person happens to be our special guest star for this episode. That's right. Everybody, please welcome dear friend of the show, Sean Flayville. Sean, how are you tonight? Hello, hello. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, longtime listener, first time caller. Here here for two <laughs> reasons mainly. I came to tune into the Hanratty weather special 
and then also to establish dominance in the Oscar party uh, department. Uh, mm. I, I will be mm. going up against all three of you on my own, but I, I do have faith that I can, can prove that my party is the superior party. Dude, you cannot, uh, you can't come in and say, I came here to do two things and not do like the they live reference. Like <laughs> I came here to chew bubble gum and talk, talk Oscars and I'm all Oscars. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know uh, what happened there. No. Well, I will, I will say, <laughs> we're I will live, say, folks. Yeah, <laughs> I will say, I don't know how much Sean wants to get into his event uh, to promote it, but uh, Sean does throw a rather uh, a special Oscar party. He uh, he rents out a nice little place for him and his him and his comrades to head over to. Um, in regards to it, so it's always so maybe one year me and Sean will do a, a dual party, but uh, it's always been elusive. We've never watched the Oscars together, so. Mm, mm. We'll have to uh, broker that. Is that true? I feel like you had an Oscar party and Sean was there. I don't know. It could be like Mandela effect for all I know. Yeah, no. It's a negative Ghost Rider. No, if anything, I threw – this is like my anti-Harry Oscar party. Oscar party? I think it's because I wasn't invited to one years ago. Mm, This is my villain origin story of why I throw an Oscar party. (laughs) This is actually a spite party. comes out. Um, but, yes, I, I like Harry's description of a rendezvous because that's probably how I'd describe my Oscar party. Uh, is it is more of a rambunctious group of gentlemen and, and ladies, um, but a good time nonetheless. Good, good. Well, we are glad that you enjoyed your party. We certainly had fun at Harry's, and you know what? I think it's time. Let's let's talk Oscars. Mm. Uh, so, Harry, obviously, you know Oscar season. It's it's big for all of us. I think maybe. You and Sean are at the forefront of that. Me a little bit behind as oh. as far as uh, you're you one know, of us on the show. Go each year. I think you inch closer, Greg. You start talking less mm. Marvel. We start talking about that four hour, you know, German drama <laughs> that really wrecked you as a person. So we're, yeah. we're getting there. We're we're inching ever closer. Um, but yeah, in regards to the uh, the Oscars, um, I do I do want to throw out to the audience that uh, I do apologize because um, we never really talked about what movies we were, you know, looking forward to um, before, you know, on our last pod before we got into it. But this was the 95th Oscars um, and we had a bunch of a bunch of movies that um, I, I can't say we talked about all of them. Obviously, we talked about The Way of Water here. Um, you know, we obviously rounded out the film festival where we kind of talked about women talking. Um, the whale. We never we never did a Top Gun Maverick episode because Greg waited almost a year to watch it. Um, yeah, it's OK. No worries. Uh, we, we don't hate you for it. Um, don't think negatively. Um, Greg had Elvis on his most anticipated of the year list last year. <laughs> Um, so there was a lot of things with the Oscars that we were looking forward to. Um, and this year was a little bit different. Uh, there wasn't the controversy of the slap, which, uh, I think that dominated a lot of our last year conversation in regards to that with Will Smith and Chris rock. Um, so I was happy that this year we were able to kind of focus on the show, um, as just the show and not have to focus on, on the drama from it. Um, and the big thing coming out of Oscar night, um, which happened, what do we, what did I say? This is Wednesday. So a couple nights ago was obviously, um, everything everywhere all at once, um, pretty much dominating the night, uh, winning best pack, uh, best picture, uh, best picture. Um, what's going on tonight? With yeah. You guys? I don't know. I, know. I don't know. I got to check <laughs> myself before I wreck myself. 
I'm due up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll wait for Chris to slip up, and then Sean will get one too. Um, Sorry if I'm making you guys a little nervous. I know this. Is yeah, <laughs> it's, it's you know usually there's just two faces that I look to, but uh, you know Sean, you know the dollars have been spent to get you here. So, uh, <laughs> but it won Best Picture, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress, uh, won Best Supporting Actor, uh, Screenplay, uh, Director, and Editing. Um, and it was the most nominated going to the night. And this is, um, you know, kind of the story coming out of this one as well was this kind of was pretty much a chalk show. Um, everything, all, everything, everywhere, all at once, it kind of started to dominate a lot of things um, as far as the award season is concerned. And it brings up an interesting point, which I'll, I'll throw to you guys um, to kind of get your your thoughts on, you know, because I, I feel like that's where we need to start. Uh, not so much about the show, but just the dominance of everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, you know, this is, this had kind of been happening where the snowball had kind of been rolling down the hill here. Um, that is everything everywhere all at once and, you know, just winning award after award. And then, and then we kind of get here and, you know, that for me, that that's what kind of helped the show. Cause I love that movie, but, um, it also kind of hurt, um, because, you know, not a lot of things that I love were, were rewarded in any sort of way throughout the entire award season. So, um, I'll throw it to our to our to our guest, Sean. Sean, I mean, everything, everywhere, all at once. I, you know, I know your personal feelings on it. Why don't you Why don't you share it with the crowd uh, here at the Papa Spice crew um, to let us know, uh, you know, your thoughts on on everything, everywhere, all at once being one of the most dominant movies of of Oscar season in recent recent times. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, uh, you know, and uh, jokes aside, thank you for, for having me. Hello to the the audience out there listening. Uh, I feel like this is a really tricky subject to navigate from my perspective, because unlike you, I did not enjoy everything everywhere all at once as much as I wanted to. Uh, I was speaking to Greg offline about this a few days ago, but I, I really wanted to enjoy it more than I did. It's not like other instances where I see a movie and I have a take, right? And I wish I had a better take coming on this pod specifically, because uh, I don't think it's bad. It just didn't resonate with me. It didn't check the boxes. Uh, I saw it twice in theaters. The second time was because I felt I was missing out on something. So mm. I would be lying if I said the dominance at the show really did it for me. Um, I will say I think you know it was hard not to see it coming. And that's one yeah. of my biggest takeaways from this and what you were kind of hinting at is it felt like a front runner going into it. There was a narrative building around it for, for months uh, at various other award shows, you know, campaigning, A24, which obviously I hope to get to a little bit later, uh, just marketing geniuses, and they really sold You might be everywhere. biased. You might be biased a little bit there, Sean, but... Uh, I, I am. Yeah. I, I'd love to explore my biases there, but anyway, <laughs> uh, the short of it is I, I'm happy for the people that are happy, if that makes sense. I'm happy yeah, that the movie exactly. meant, so, yeah. meant so much to people, um, you know, means a lot in a number of different uh, communities. I just wish I liked the movie more and I wish it meant more to me, but it doesn't. And that's okay. That's that's kind of the, the beauty of uh, movies and the award show. But with that being said, it does take a lot of the fun out of it in terms of, I always like when the awards are a little bit more spread out and when something different happens. It doesn't have to be crazy. Uh, it doesn't have to be a slap, but uh, I do like when there's an upset in a big category. So those yeah. are my takes. And, you know, all in all, I think it's it's well-deserved and it means good things for the industry. You know, I'm, I'm very happy this is the direction the award show is going. Yeah. Um, 
Absolutely. And and Papa, I, th- I think we're pretty aligned on the movie. I might be wrong in regards to this, but um, as as a as a a golden Harry winner for for trivia and for ballot uh, fill out, um, that's uh, the awards I hand out at my party. Uh, so just uh, there's not a golden version of me that uh, I hand out to Greg every other week. But um, we need the, to fix uh, that. Yeah, we 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 could look into it. So the so the winning the ballot, Greg, because you kind of knew. I mean, you kind of had a, probably an idea where this night was was going to head in a way. I did, yeah. Um, so you know, you asked as a tiebreaker question, what will have the most wins and how many will it have? And I I did say everything everywhere. Um, I actually had it a little lower. I had it at five wins. Uh, yeah, and it ended up with seven. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, your guys' points are not wrong. I, I would love to be a dissenting opinion <laughs> because I'm sure that makes for more entertaining uh, listening. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of – it has been building a little steam. It's it's interesting to me because a year ago when this came out, uh, this film, I loved it, but I didn't think – I didn't think it would – get to the end point that it has where it's i think they said it's the the most awarded film in in history or something like that uh which is kind of crazy uh kind of crazy to think about and um i think most of the awards it uh won i think that it earned um there's a few that i would maybe challenge and we can get into those later but but yeah i mean uh you know, just off the top of my head, I think, um, I think it won, but, or it, uh, I mean, it definitely won. I think, uh, (laughs) I think it was fair to receive those awards, but I also agree that, um, in somewhat sweeping the night, it, uh, you know, it, it makes things a little, um, predictable and less lively. So hands, how about you? Yeah, I did. I didn't watch it. Um, but, I, I always feel like so. There, I I I can. There's a very few of the, and surprisingly, this would be um, a movie that would be like right up my alley uh, that I would have like jumped to see. Uh, but I didn't see it. But it's, I saw Banshees of Inisherin. So there's that. Um, normally, I, I if this was any other year, I probably would be flipped. Well, I'd be all excited to see uh, to see everything yeah. everywhere all at once. Well, well, let me ask you this, hands as. <laughs> As as some of the listeners on our pod who are waiting, chomping at the bit for us to get to talk about The Last of Us part, uh, well, The Last of Us second half of the season, um, mm-hmm. and you haven't seen the movie, and there's probably many listeners out there who haven't, um, Will is is this something, a Oscar win like this or a dominance like this that, I mean, I know you said it's right up your alley, but like, does this give you that extra, like, if this is streaming on HBO tomorrow, are you like, dude, I'm, I'm popping this on this weekend? Yeah, I, it was free on Amazon for for like three weeks because I remember starting it and I and I fell asleep and it wasn't because it was just because I was tired and Long and day. I missed it and then like Work two weeks later it was we it. it was gone yeah yeah um but I, I'm glad that I, I one of my complaints that I have about the Oscars and whether or not it was uh, whether one of the changes I might have said I might have mentioned on the show was like I want to see more like maybe an award for like biggest blockbuster or something like mm. that probably takes away from the Oscars itself and we have Critics Choice Awards and we have all those goofy uh, like the Nickelodeon awards the where they shoot ooze in your face yeah, yeah. and and yeah BAFTAs and, yeah all that stuff so I'm glad that 
like, I guess like a genre movie, like a science fiction movie is getting this much success and recognition because I I just feel like years ago, this would, you would, if this was like a five category, a five movie category, like it was back in the day, this would, there's no way this would ever see the light of day on, on those nominations. But when they extended it, I think that's what gave it a little bit of life. And we've been seeing even like avatar, um, I don't know if the first Avatar was nominated for Best Picture. It was. Um, was it? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, it's James Cameron. I mean, I, sure. I, of course, it's yeah. It was be the uh, the Hurt Locker year. I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, Two thousand nine. Yeah. His old boot. His old boot. Yeah. Uh, Bigelow. <laughs> um, but it is it is nice to see that they are getting recognition and and. and Throwing that term that I just said blockbuster, this is not a blockbuster movie. This didn't break like this didn't hit a hundred million on its opening weekend. Like it yeah. made a lot of money, and I'm sure it was profitable. Profitable. Yeah, it's, but a, it's a, not, A24's highest uh, grossing movie ever that right. they've ever distributed. And they're and they don't distribute blockbuster movies. So yeah. I, it got it, it was their most profitable, which is great. Uh but you know, being a multiversal science fiction martial arts movie, and like action movie. It's it's incredible that it that it, it did what it did. It it really cleaned up, and yeah. I think that gives a little more hope for the future in terms of hopefully we get to see more of these movies and more of these movies being recognized. And even and just like Top Gun Maverick, seeing that nominated was 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 awesome because I thought that that movie was incredible and that deserved to be nominated. So whether or not we start seeing and and I know the ratings were up with um with the Oscars, whether or not we start seeing some more of these movies get get best picture recognitions and and get maybe get rid of a, a couple other movies like like let's let's get rid of tar or something like that Boo. Um, hot yep. take yeah that's exactly well. what i wanted to do all right uh, <laughs> I, I i didn't see tar so I i'm with that. hands um <laughs> i did see um but yeah first I, I time last it, time for sean <laughs> I, thanks so much um i but i think for for that type of movie to get what to do what it did and get all almost all the major awards with the exception of best actor it's it's great um and it it gives me a little it's a little shining light for me because i i'm not in as invested in the oscars as everyone on here and some of our friends are and i i think it was even though i didn't see the movie i was glad that it was winning stuff yeah so i i mean i i i if in a perfect world i would have i i would have I would have wanted either Maverick, Avatar, or this to run the table. Nice, so, yeah, yeah. So that's my pers- I mean, that's gotcha. my perspective because well, I don't see these smaller movies. I saw Banshees, which I love Banshees. Yeah, but I knew it was gonna. I knew it wasn't gonna win anything. Got that HBO I, I, login, baby. Yeah, I had a feeling that wasn't gonna win anything. Yeah. So, well, uh, I, have a, I have a hot take to interject real quick. Obviously, I don't. I don't mean to interrupt uh, the 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 narrative. Uh, since you wagered an, an attack on Tar, I have to wager an attack on both <laughs> Banshees of Benishirin and also Martin McDonough, who, who I find his movies to be borderline dreadful and unwatchable. And I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm here to say that I am tired of the Academy and people I know and respect standing up for Martin McDonough's movies. They are not wow. good. This is not an attack on Colin Farrell or Brendan Gleeson, let the record show, yeah. but I just needed <laughs> to get that out of I needed to gotcha. get that off my chest. Duly noted. Banshees is a good. Banshees is a good movie. Uh, All right, it was fine. It was okay. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I think you're outvoted on that one, Hans. So, That's so, fair. so we talked obviously about the the big winner, uh, you know, tonight. So I want to throw it. I want to throw it to you, Greg, because I kind of want to get your thoughts because I know you had some more detailed thoughts on it, and I, I feel like I want to share mine until the end here. Is is being the guy who uh, invites all his friends over to come watch the Oscars. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the show because I feel. You know, and I'll just throw it a little bit here as I feel as though the show can be a struggle. You know, when we talk about the mm. Super Bowl of the movies, it's not as, as fun as the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? There's no, right. you know, there's no halftime performance. There's, there's not a lot of cool commercials either. Um, so let, let's get uh, let's get some thoughts. Let's talk a little bit about the show for for that perspective. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'll run through, I guess, like the first half of the show, just general thoughts that I had. Um First was the the champagne carpet. Uh, I didn't find mm. out about this until like that, like this weekend. Uh, but I guess apparently it was announced a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Mm. Um, I I don't know how I feel about it. I it didn't. Well, actually, I guess I do. It just it didn't seem quite as prestigious uh, without the red carpet. The, yeah. the champagne color is just. I don't know, and I think I read somewhere that oh, it's less aggressive or whatever than red and it's like yeah but i mean look maybe you don't the need photo to, look better ex- yeah like just stick with tradition like we don't need to to switch it up to some milk toast color where it's just bland you know yeah so it wasn't wasn't huge on the champagne carpet um Variety, uh, you know, we didn't watch a lot of the uh, the red carpet stuff. I think there was a brief clip, but it, this this actually more so made the rounds after the ceremony um, on like Twitter. But there was a, a clip of uh, Variety asking Dwayne Johnson about Black Adam. And I don't know, like, hey, look, <clears throat> the guy has certainly taken his lumps for this. And, you know, I, I would say somewhat rightfully so. But like, we're here to celebrate the best of the um uh you know the best of this season of movies and you're here asking the guy about like his most recent box office failure and, and you know like what's the deal with that it's just great tell us about your uh, last performance review how was that was that uh any good how's work going for you exactly like you know like out of all the things you could ask him you know, upcoming projects or his other ventures. Like you're going to ask him about his flop of a movie and, you know, just, and he handled it very diplomatically. Um, He seems like a genuinely good dude. uh, Most of the time. I just, I don't see what the purpose of that was other than to maybe try and bait him into some, you know, uh, headline worthy. Um, well, clip. also I will say the person answering the question probably is somebody in the rear being like, talk to him about black Adam and like how it didn't do well. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, um, but again, you don't have to ask that question. You can totally probably ignore it, but I, the only other question they could have given them is when are we getting a red notice Two trailer? And, yeah. and it would have <laughs> been just as equally like, <laughs> terrible. Dreadful. I, <laughs> yeah, what's this guy doing next? I don't like. I, I does he have another movie coming up? Is it Red Notice too? That yeah, he's always got something. On he's works, always yeah, DJ. he's always got something. That's your fart out three movies a year <laughs> that no one ever heard of. Um, so I, moving on to the ceremony itself, I want to talk about the hosting situation. So I did some research. Yes, Papa Spice hit the books and. I noticed that, uh, or I found that, um, you know, there there actually were several instances throughout the history of the Academy Awards where 
there was no host, no designated host for the show. Um, the very first time was the 11th Academy Awards in 39. And then it went hostless again for the 41st through 43rd and 69 through 71. Uh, again, for the 61st Academy Awards in 89. And then most recently, the 91st through 93rd, which was uh, 2019 through 2021. Let's stay that way. I mean, I just, there's, I get it. You know, you want to keep the show entertaining and I guess they, they think it's funny where it's like, Hey, we have all these Hollywood muckety mucks. Let's, uh, let's kind of poke some jabs their way and, and be self-deprecating about it. But it's just, it gets annoying, man. Like not everybody for me, like one of the best, I guess was like, maybe like Billy Crystal, uh, he, you know, he did a good job. He's very humorous. And, um, he, uh, you know, he did well with like song and dance numbers and stuff like that. But I think the era for that has just come and gone. Like it's not, it's not necessary anymore. And a lot of these jokes, like how often, how many jokes were made during that night? And I, I would seriously like account about, the show running long or trying to keep the show within a certain amount of time and all this stuff. It's like, if you just cut out all these goofy skits and unfunny comedy, guess what? You wouldn't have a problem running over time. Like that's the issue here. So like, I'm not saying, you know, we have to be all um, uptight and uh, nose pointed firmly to the sky about this, but you know, there's, there's room for humor, but have that during the presenters, you know, maybe they can make a, a, a quick pun or something like that. You know, it doesn't have to be entirely um, stuffy, but it's just the hosting situation. I just, I don't care. I do not care. And I think it's at the point now where it detracts from the show. If we're here to celebrate movies, let's celebrate them, man. Like I don't need goofy jokes or somebody dressed up in a bear suit. Come on. And like Kimmel doing his his own shtick where it's like, oh, here's our running jokes from the Kimmel show with like me um, bagging on Matt Damon or like my my cousin Guillermo or whatever, you know, like it's just it, that detracts even more from yeah. it and makes me like it even less. So I, I want to enjoy the program and I feel like having a host and and particularly Jimmy Kimmel, um, it's just uh it does. It hinders my enjoyment. Yeah, I will say, Greg, if you're ever the host of the Oscars and you don't give me and hands a shout out, I'm gonna be pretty upset. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Oh well, I 100 uh, percent will, yeah, but that's okay. never gonna yeah. happen. Yeah, advertise your brand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yes. In regards to it, so yeah. I don't. I don't mind. I, so I'm a big Jimmy Kimmel fan, so I, I was glad to see. It, but I, dude, I am all on board with all these skits that break out in, in the middle of the show <sighs> because I've I've had that complaint in prior years and some of them just i i will say if nine out of ten are not even close like to being funny and it just it it does if you would have cut out those skits this thing would have got over by 11 o'clock um i think maybe by maybe like close a little after 11 and three and a half hours is a long time for award show um but i there are i know they're trying to do their best by trying to cut it down but then they tried that by taking out categories but then i think when they did that they added more skits and then they took categories put them back and now they just kept the same amount of skits 
so as they did when they added it. It just it just is not. I don't know. I, I think it was dumb. The cocaine bear thing. I think I missed it. Um, so it was late. I have to it go was later in the telecast. All right, so I might have left. I don't know. It might have been on my way home. Yeah, but um, I feel like I I missed that. But I heard a lot of people were kind of cringing at that. Yeah, I don't know if miss is the right word there. It wasn't something to uh, – I found that to be the, the worst and maybe the lowest brow joke of, of the whole – Yeah. Uh, like I, when I got home, I was like, I missed a cocaine bear. No. <laughs> the only movie I saw last year. I wish there was a site dedicated to videos re-showing things like this. So, no, so, I didn't watch it. So- so one other quick note about the hosting thing too. So I, there, there's two ways that we can go with this, with with removing the host. Either we remove the host and we keep the presentation the way it is and you trim down on the time of the broadcast. So that's a win. Or you remove the host and you, you say you still need to keep the time of the broadcast. Well, now the people that win – who are winning what could possibly be their only Oscar in their lifetime have the full amount of time to give their speeches and you don't need to rush them or anything. And guess what? Then we still keep the same overall length of the, the program, but people get to, um, you know, speak their piece and, and put in uh, their thanks for, for anybody that helped lift them up because not everybody's going to win multiple Oscars. It's just, <clears throat> I don't know, the hosting thing, uh, I, I do not see any positives to it. Uh, Sean, before I go any further, how do you feel about the hosting situation? Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I was very surprised. This is my hot take of the episode because I felt the mm-hmm. way that you're feeling now leading up to it. Uh, me and all of my friends have talked that a hostless award show is so much more efficient uh, the presenters come up, you pair the presenters uh, with you know two unique individuals. Maybe they were in a movie uh, together in the last year. Maybe they weren't. Um, but you make that the, the interesting dynamic, right? Uh, but I'll be honest, unlike Hans, I am not a Kimmel fan. And I thought he actually did as good of a job you can hosting for the most part in terms of it being a very thankless job. Uh, and mm. granted, I do understand a lot of the, the skits are to generate a clip get a reaction like the Malala cocaine bear thing circulating on Twitter, right? For all the people who don't watch the show, they want their engagement and whatnot. So I understand that. But um, I really particularly enjoy when he leaned into the slap jokes. Uh, I know this is kind of beating a dead horse here uh, with this topic. But again, the running joke was how many slap jokes are we going to get? And I will be honest, when he called out the audience time and time again and made fun of the attendees, that that kind of self-referential humor i really enjoyed it kind of reminded me of gervais always you know hosting uh the globes so i thought he did okay in terms of there being a host but i would i'd probably err on the side of i think it goes better without the host it goes more efficiently uh runs quicker it's tight Uh, the only point i want to also kind of uh argue here would be that i don't think we should increase the length of these speeches i do think there's something Mm -hmm. to be said for the brevity and to not get too lost in the self-congratulatory nature of, of rich Hollywood elites patting themselves mm-hmm. on the back. But I do want to take uh, Kimmel's suggestion from the show. And instead of playing them off, have the dancing cast of RRR um, perform them no, off the stage. Not, I think not, that is actually too. something we get rid of Kimmel. We keep the RRR dancers for future shows. Uh, that's my guess. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> I always said, I've said this for years is 
they should just play like the Benny instead of playing like this soft music and like real nice music that I think adds to the moment. Play like the Benny Hill theme song or Nickelback or something, and <laughs> and just get them and get them off because you know people Nickelback. are like, oh my god, what what is happening? Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine if Jamie Lee Curtis was like going over by like maybe thirty seconds, and you just hear like, "Look at this photograph," and then it. Great impression. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Been working on it for twenty years. <laughs> you may actually be Chad Kroger. Um, oh no! Yeah, so I don't know. That that's the that's my spiel on the hosting thing. Um, my first, uh, I, I got goosebumps twice during the night. And the first Ooh. instance of that was Kihoi Kwan winning best actor in a supporting role for uh, everything everywhere. Um, absolutely loved it. So happy for him. You know, one of these guys that, that um, genuinely seems like a nice guy, terrible story about not being able to get work for so many years and, you know, losing out on his health insurance within the last year Being typecast or two. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, to, to have this miraculous comeback is just, it's really a feel good story. And then his speech, um, very touching. So as, as he won and he got up there and tears are streaming down, I'm like, you know, that's what it's about. Like, absolutely love that. And not to say, you know, it's just, um, as simple as giving somebody their flowers, but also I don't want to say his struggles were taken into account in, in, you know, the voting. Cause I, I don't feel that at all, but like when, when you add that to the fact that he gave such a great performance after such a length of time um, and then, you know, actually being recognized for that and kind of overcoming all of his travails, uh, just a, a very beautiful moment. So really, really enjoyed that. Agreed. Um, and then the last thing I'll touch on before I pass it ar- around to you guys, uh, Pinocchio winning best animated feature. Um, super happy. I was shocked when I watched that movie. I, uh, I think I ended up giving it like four and a half stars out of five. Absolutely loved it. Um, I think that is going to be the definitive version of Pinocchio for me going forward. Like it just, it's better than the Disney version, the original. And, you know, that's, that's an iconic take on Pinocchio. So it's tough to shake that, but, uh, but there, there's just, it's so unique. It's beautiful, both technically and um, story wise. Um, I just, I really love it. And, you know, GDT Guillermo, he, uh, he had a great point and it's not the first time that I've heard somebody say it, but animation, you know, it's not, People people consider it a genre, but it, it's really not. It, it animated films are films. You know, it's just can we get over this weird American ideology that animation equals kids movie? Because it is not. Like we're far beyond that, and this is this is a great example of that. Pinocchio, yeah, it's not hard R with like cursing and drinking and all that stuff, but it is. An all ages film. It's not just for kids. Anybody can enjoy this. And there are plenty of examples of animated films out there for people of all ages, um, adults only, kids, everybody in between. So I totally agree with his sentiments. And I'm happy that um, this incredible picture won. Uh, so really, really good job. Kudos uh, to the Academy for picking the, <laughs> the right movie. Uh, 
those are my initial thoughts. I have some more stuff later on. Uh, Sean, how about you? Anything you wanted to run through for maybe, you know, the first half of the broadcast or any of the, the nominees therein? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just to your point about the uh, the kind of comeback story, I, I did, again, not having fallen in love with everything everywhere all at once, it's it's hard to resist the, the feelings of mm. seeing some of the actors win. I mean, especially Brendan Fraser, who I'm sure we all, we're, we're in support of winning that award and his emotional speech and the comeback story that came along with it. Um, obviously I love that. And, and as much as I like to joke about not liking animated movies and calling them cartoons as a very dismissive, cheap style of humor, I do agree. You're the guy with, I was just railing you, against you. You were, but I do it as a form of banter. Uh, I, I do actually enjoy a lot of animated films and hearing Guillermo speak. I mean, I would follow that man to the end of the year. He's such a <laughs> lovable uh, adorable human being and anything Guillermo says I will back until uh, <laughs> my end of days but in terms of the rest of the the show um, yeah I mean I, I enjoyed it for the most part albeit a little bit boring uh, as we talked about with just being predictable and kind of the narrative playing out the way everyone thought uh, but the whale winning uh, makeup and hairstyling was one that when I'm filling out my bracket like it was a very small obviously category that not many people I guess get too emotionally invested in but I'm very happy that one just because of the amazing work uh, of the prosthetics. And I'll be honest, there was some pushback when the film came out, and I'm glad that didn't overpower this film, especially in that category. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I am a big Darren Aronofsky fan as well. So just happy to see that movie succeed. The Not Too Not Too Dance Number from RR, amazing. Everyone at the party was getting down with that, even those who didn't see it. And then, uh, you know, lastly, Top Gun winning sound, having seen the movie three times in IMAX. First movie in a while that uh, I've seen three times in theaters. While I think the movie could have been nominated and possibly won for other things, I'm happy it got that sound award. So uh, I know these aren't the biggest, most exciting, flashy awards categories, but they definitely made me smile. Um, and that's kind of you know some of the positives. Obviously, I have a lot of a lot of negatives. You know, Tar not winning, Banshee's not winning, and uh, Elvis or, and Fablemans um, not winning any awards is kind of shocking. The only one there I really care about being Tar, uh, Granite. I'd be lying if I said I didn't see that coming as well. You know, I did put Kate Blanchett on my ballot because I vote with the heart, not the head. Um, but, you know, nothing I didn't know going into the, the show or expect going into the show. So two, two points off of what you said. First, uh, it's funny because I did the same thing. I had Kate Blanchett on my ballot as well but I was voting with the head and not the heart. I wanted Michelle oh. Yeoh to win, but I'm like, ah, Kate Blanchett's got this. Like, I know the Academy is going to lap up that performance and they went the opposite. So I was, I was shocked. Um, the not to not to thing. I, I really enjoyed, but I was a little dismayed that number one, it wasn't all uh, Indian or um, uh, like uh, Asian, um, cast members uh in performing it was very strange to see you know white people doing bollywood stuff and you know that's not that's in the movie i guess but it's just i don't know i i felt like hey look this is a great opportunity to uh you know yeah have more Fair diversity enough. and instead here we go and then i find out after the fact also that i, I believe this was choreographed by a white guy also that's <laughs> like we really can't you know, give that job to, um, you know, anybody else. Like it's, it's gotta be a white guy handling this. 
So I don't know. It just uh, it felt a little less genuine to me, but I still enjoyed it, and um, I was happy that it, it was included. That's a, a great point. It, it makes me think of the supporting actress category, which I'm sure was going to get brought up at some point, but uh, mm. I don't know. We'll, we'll get to that. All right. We'll get to that. <laughs> Ants, um, how about you? Oh, all right. <laughs> I, was, I, I was wondering who's going next. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, in terms I, – I, leading up to it, I, I, I'll watch or at least look at some of the recaps for the award shows leading up to – the Oscars because I don't have the opportunity to see all the movies, but I like to see at least what's being talked about and what, you know, what, who's the favorite. Um, so I don't think there was anything that really shocked me outside of, and, and I guess what we were just alluding to was the best supporting actress. Um, uh, and I didn't, I, that was the one I didn't see coming. I don't think a lot of people did, but I don't think I saw, um, I, I think a lot of people were going for who's it Stephanie Sue who was um also in um, Angela Bassett too I think was and Angela uh, Bassett was a yeah well, um, um not a favorite but like a contender that the best supporting actress race was probably the one that you know you, you could have picked you know you thrown your hands up and said I'm not sure yeah and and you know uh, there I think there's uh, it's I think that's I like when races are close like that. And I thought it was going to be like that with Elvis and the whale, but I feel like as more and more awards were happening and Brendan Fraser was, was taken more and more home. I feel like that lead and it's not a race, but I feel like that what they took away a lot of the, um, the surprise of, and, and how close that race would have been because in my mind, I would have been a three-way tie between Colin Farrell, um, uh, Austin Butler and, and Brendan Fraser. I'm glad Brendan Fraser won. I think he deserves it. I didn't see the whale, but I, I, I just think I, I think I, I just, I'm glad that he's getting like past, he got past all the hurdles that like kind of Hollywood threw his way. And, and from what I heard, and you know, at, award doesn't necessarily mean you are the best. You're being recognized by your peers, but I'm glad that he's getting that recognition from, from that, that community. Because that community at one point did hold him down, and they were the ones that were hurting him. Um, so it's nice that you know they they rallied around him. Um, you know he gave a nice speech, and the speeches were really nice. Um, I, I will say with Kihoi Kwan, it's funny. Uh, this is how uh, how he's still not a, he's not a household name, and he hasn't been for years. When I talked to my mom about if she watched the Oscars, she said, "I can't believe the guy from the Goonies won," and I said. Yep, that's 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 the general response that you're gonna get from people who aren't locked into to movies as much as we are. It's always gonna be that kid from the Goonies or that kid from Indiana Jones. So I hope he I hope he starts to get more work. I know he's he's entering the MCU and Loki season two, and he's also gonna. I think he got a show on Disney Plus with Michelle Yeoh, maybe. Maybe she's in it yeah. with American born Chinese. Yeah. Um, so I think that'll be, I, that'll be pretty interesting. But so I hope, I hope he keeps getting more work. I hope he, I hope this, that dry spell ends. Um, performances, the Natu Natu is, is I, as someone who hasn't seen RRR, I've listened to that song. I love that song. That song is great. Um, the other performances I thought were good. Rihanna, Rihanna was, was, was good. Um, Lady 
Gaga, as I call her, was that was interesting. Well, um, I, I will say from she was like apparently not supposed to be there or doing her performance until like I don't know Saturday uh, or maybe even before then. So um she was probably like hey i'm gonna get real emotional about this are you guys cool with that and they're like sure do whatever you want so i don't i i still think that and and i we might have talked i think i talked about this before i left i still think there should have been some kind of loophole that could have put danger zone highway to the danger zone as best original song Oh, I, I'm not, and, and I'm not kidding. Like maybe have someone else like perform it or something. I don't know. That song does not belong in Top Gun. It is a weird song to play in Top Gun. It just seems odd. And the one thing I had about her performances, like she was wearing this nice dress and everything before. And then like when she was performing, she was wearing like a t-shirt and like ripped up pants. Those ripped up pants probably still cost more than my car. Like their designer ripped up pants. Like there's no way she went into her like old closet and was like, "Hmm, a dirty shirt and some ripped up pants." Like no, they're they were they're probably like 10 grand pants. So, uh that's that's my that's my feel on that. A feel on that. Um I, I overall, I mean my general idea is someone who's not as invested and in, I you know, I go for the 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 award show like your party just to kind of see everyone and i don't like your trivia is is basically borderline sat for film school um it's it's really (laughs) bad it's hard um so answers right in front of you i i do enjoy them i'm not gonna listen to all these old people talk um i i I do I, i do like seeing some of the things in there i Last year, I remember I was watching it from home, and that's when I saw the slap. And I was, and I think that was the last time, like, kind of watching the Oscars. I was just like, "My God, like that!" Like I'm in. Like I watch, I watch, I rewatch that clip over and over. So nothing like that happened this year. But I think that I think, um, you know, as I said before, I think there were some other, like some some movies that are being recognized that brought my attention in. I just hope, I hope. I hope the numbers do keep rising for people watching the Oscars and it brings more people either back or, or back to watching this and, and appreciate movies more. Um, you know, I'm, I'm one to say that I've, I, I always say that it's hard to find time for me to go out to the movies. So I can't really like, I, I, I know I don't go as much as, as, as you guys go, but it's, you know, it's, it's definitely to see that more people are like pushing and they're trying to get back to that like lifestyle that like at, at one point I was going like four or five times a week um, and that people are still are now starting to do that. I think that that's great. And I hope, mm. I hope that gives a little more life to the Oscars and, and maybe will bring me back to being a little more interested in it. <clears throat> so nice. that's my rant. Beautiful. Thanks. Um, yeah, so for me, Greg, uh, just going back to your original point earlier, just about the host. Uh, I mean, I don't re- if if there's nobody we can get a consensus on that's like our Bob Hope or our you know Billy Crystal or whatever. Um, which you know in today's age, I don't think that'll happen. Is I would prefer them to go hostless and just have a bunch of tag teams, or you know, um, you know, for example, like have. Uh, Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling come out, you know, and be, you know, not dressed like their Barbie characters, but maybe act like that and help promote that movie. Like my big thing about the show is, is like, I wish they would embrace the, this is like the biggest night for Hollywood. I wish like Jack Nicholson was there with like Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington. Like I wish they were all in the audience, like even, you know, to congratulate the next 
you know, or the next up and comers are the people who, you know, have never been recognized, you know, like a Michelle Yeoh who's been in the business for a while. And it's like, it's finally her time. Like, I would like to see more of that. I would like to see more montages of just like, you know, this is why we love the movies. You know, here's a real sizzle reel of Denzel or, you know, here's here's a sneak peek of Barbie coming out. Here's a sneak peek of Oppenheimer, you know, just some stuff that's like, you know, movie, like movie, movie, movie central. Um, because that's how I feel the way they should go with the show. And, you know, without a host, you could do stuff like that. Like have Tina Fey and Amy Poehler come out if they have something, you know, coming up or, you know, just even the, their dynamic or John C. Riley and Will Ferrell back in the day, or, you know, Dwayne Johnson and, you know, whoever, uh, you know, what? Stop it, Dwayne Johnson. Okay. Well, I just mean he has, no. he at least has the ability, you know, as we've seen in wrestling to like, you know, have a fun time on a mic. So if you yeah. have him, like maybe him and Ryan Reynolds come out and shoot, you know, shoot the, shoot the stuff for, for a minute or two. Um, as, as you said that, and this is in honor of tomorrow too, like just look at the date, him and Stone Cold should, yeah. should host the Oscars. Sure. Year. Yeah. We'll, we'll bring wrestling, yeah. the crossover 20 years, we didn't ago, know we 20 years ago. That would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's just like, that's my big picture thought with the Oscars is like, I wish, because there is an element like when it is so chalky like this, where, you know, maybe this is just me where it's like you tune in and you want to have a fun show and it's like, oh, okay. So everything, ever all once again, um, all quiet on the Western front for technical awards. And it's like, you get to a point where it's like, you know, where are the surprises, where are the fun. My other my other hot take is like they should have the Oscars be like the first thing, um, like first award show of the year um, and set mm-hmm. the tone of like, you know, holy, holy cow. Like, you know, maybe six months ago, we're not talking about half the movies that have come out. Um, you know, we're talking about other movies. But anyway, um, I was really happy, you know, talking about awards. I was really happy for an Irish goodbye uh, that won uh, best short. Uh, live action. Uh, that's the best film out of Ireland this year. So uh, better than Banshees of Inisherin. Um, Chris, you might shake your head, but I guarantee if you watch an Irish Goodbye, it's right up your alley. So um, Irish Goodbye is my favorite way. I'm not even kidding. My favorite way to leave parties. Like yeah. that is. You did say my, bye. My, you did. You didn't do an Irish Goodbye at, at the Oscar event. I normally, but that. normally yeah. I slip out that Irish Goodbye. And that, when yeah. I heard that, I wanted. I wanted that. I, that should have been nominated for Best Picture just by that name. Yeah. So, but, um, you know, uh, so that, that was, that was one thing that I saw, which I was surprised. Cause I think there was a, a Disney plus, I think it was like, what was the film called Sean? Les, Les Pupils. I think you're the only one who saw the shorts besides me. Um, I forget how to say it in French, but anyway, that was backed by Disney and that didn't win. So I was happy to see that, uh, happen as well. So, <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, the award show was nice um, and great. But, you know, when when you what am I trying to say here? Sorry. Um, Wish upon a star. Yeah. When you wish upon a star, (laughs) when you have like the focus just be on one movie, there's a lot. And this is what I think with the preferential ballots. Like, I think a lot of people loved um, everything ever all at once. And maybe there is somebody like a Sean who would say tar is number one, but everything all everywhere all once is like a four. And, you know, maybe you have a Greg who's like, Hey, everything ever all once is a one, but I hated tar. So that's an eight. Um, you know, when it comes to the best picture voting. So I, I, I think that's what happens and causes a lot of these films to end up 
like, I think there was a lot of tar fans and I think there was a lot of Hanratty top gun fans out there, but I think there was the polar opposites of people who didn't like tar and people who were like, yeah, top gun was fine, but it's not Oscar worthy. Um, which is where you end up where, you know, everything I ever wore once was kind of the, the favorite in a lot of things. So, um, didn't mind Banshees not getting any awards, uh, either but to have you know fableman's banshees babylon my beloved babylon uh elvis and tar uh all shut out um that's a little bit disappointing because uh, and maybe this is just me maybe it's like the hey everybody gets a trophy type of thing in me but it's like you know there's there's so many good movies this year um and i felt like not rewarding any of them in any way like you know sean mentioned top gun for sound it's like yeah, but were you there in the theater when like Tom Cruise like saves saves us all? Like, come on, man, that was amazing. Greg, you weren't there. You didn't see the movie until it was no, on your I laptop, wasn't. and you were <laughs> streaming it through your phone. Get out of here. Watch my crispy VHS yeah. copy. Yeah. But that's that's my rant on the Oscars. Come back in two weeks for my next rant on our next topic. So sorry, I went off a little bit there, but um, I'll throw it back to you, Papa. To kind of thanks, I appreciate it. I, I have one more thing. I'm sorry, that I, yeah. that I didn't go no, through. You're good. Um, really quick, and I don't know if it was nominated for best sound. I guess I should have fact checked this before I make this point. Was it the I Batman? Like a, a Is that where you're going? With? It has something to do with the Batman. Great, can't wait. I sh- stop that. Um, I there is stop. The only I that should have been nominated for I and I know I, like the cinematography thing whatever I yeah. at this point Darkness, whatever yeah you, you know it's not like the greatest cinematographer of all time acknowledged that was the best movie of the year but whatever um, here we go I honestly think I and I don't know if it nominated Batman should have won best sound should because there's the so scene, I actually I had that on my ballot to win best sound I am still feeling like shivers and chills in my body. <laughs> Like that since the uh, the Batmobile rev up, like that later? is I think. Oh yeah, dude, yeah. Um, that is I think was the greatest sound I- I've ever heard in a movie theater, and it was and it it, it was robbed. Well, here's the thing: I will say if they had a if they still had a what was it sound mixing and sound editing mm-hmm. or was it? Yeah. I think if they yeah. still had the two of them, you may you might have got a split there. But uh, dude, that I I still hear that in my dreams. Uh, well, just like yeah, hands. I you know I. In all fairness, I do, of, I do a lot of I do a lot of bashing on the Batman, but I that was the one category that it was nominated in where I was like, I, I totally agree with you. I think that is very iconic, but in general, the sound in that movie was was pretty well done. Uh, I just um, didn't think anything I, I, of I, the, rest I, of the I, movie. Maverick one, Maverick one, right? I, I yeah. that, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fine. I, I I can't I can't fault that <laughs> like like that mm-hmm. that was a, an incredible sad movie so uh hair I wanted to <laughs> follow up on your point about the uh, the hosting thing uh, number one montages I think that's a, a fantastic idea like dude let's yeah let's show various clips whether it's movies from this past yeah. year or throughout cinema history. Get us amped. Remind us what it's all about. You know, like, let's celebrate. And my biggest problem, too, is is the Academy tweets out or posts on their – I don't know if it's on their Instagram, but I definitely know they tweet out, like, all these, like, clips or, like, you know, funny little things. Like, they had one about Cocaine Bear, and it's like, you're not recognizing this movie in any serious way 
at the Academy right. Awards. So like put a montage together of like some of the best scenes from like, you know, the year in movies. Like I just, you know, like let people be like, oh, I did. Oh, there's the Avatar, you know, way of water. Oh, here's one of the Disney movies I saw, you know, and it's just like a way to just I don't know, man, who doesn't love a montage? We all love a training montage. Like who doesn't love a montage that makes you feel or gives you goosebumps, as Greg loves to say? Yes. Um, As far as having Hollywood luminaries on deck to, you know, kind of be there to show love and support for the current gen. Um, totally agree, which is why I found it mystifying that both Tom Cruise and James Cameron were not there. Uh, two people that got shout outs, I believe numerous yeah. times saying, you know, Hey, they help bring people back to theaters. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but they don't deem this is worthy of their time. So, so I was going to say, you mentioned the rock and the issue you have with that. Like Tom Cruise probably would have got a couple things of like, you know, he would have been sitting in the front. Like I, I get the, and this is like what I kind of was going with, like with the zero wins. Like, there's no reason for Tom Cruise to be there. He's not up for best actor. But like, the other part of it is, is like, be there to like congratulate your sound team who like, you know, help make your movie, you know, top notch right. in an IMAX theater. So like, there, there's that contradicting element to me where it's like, hey, if I'm going to this award show and I'm just getting made fun of for two hours, it's like maybe not the best use of my time. But it's like, we don't have to do that if you don't have a host. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. you could just, you know, listen, as as much as I'm a Tom Cruise stand for a lot of things like, yeah, he's a, he's a weirdo. You know, uh, he might not be the easiest to have a conversation with about like, you know, normal stuff. But like, hey, if he's there clapping for his sound team and giving high fives and like, you know, doing all that stuff. And then Denzel's, you know, applauding for, you know, Brendan Fraser in the crowd. It's just like, you know, little things like that, you know, um, but, you know, maybe there's there's reasons why this is a problem for the Oscars is like they don't make it an event, you know, or maybe they people don't feel as though it's it's, you know, worth their time to even go. So, it's yeah. just yeah, I'm ranting. The again. La- I'm sorry. No, no, it's all good. The last thing I'll touch on with your stuff before I move on is uh, you mentioned maybe having more sneak peeks of like upcoming films and stuff. I'm against that. Um, I think that feels kind of crass and tacky. Cause even mm. with the Little Mermaid this year, it's like, oh yeah, that was really garbage. like you have so many different opportunities to debut this footage in a multitude of places, and you're gonna do it during the Oscars. Like it just it comes off as like phony and corporate shilly yeah. type stuff, and it's like I don't know. Like I I don't need to see studios putting money into you know previewing stuff during a time where we're supposed to be celebrating the yeah. past year. I mean, even if it was like a sizzle reel of 15 seconds, do you know what I mean? I get there's, you know, the other stuff that that's coming up throughout the year where it's like Disney has their day. And um, I forget mm. the convention in Vegas that the <laughs> film studios do where they show a lot of their product, but like, you know, even just a montage of like what's to come this year. Do you know what I mean? And I know that might mean mm. a lot of movies that actually might get nominated aren't there because Every year, besides everything ever all at once, every year it's like you got to wait until October to understand like what's going to be nominated in three months for the Oscars. The you know, um, but it's just I don't know. Um, I hear you on that. So fair point. But I would like to see. Hey, coming up this year at the movies, you know, wouldn't hurt. Even if it's a minute yeah. and a half of just you know five seconds of a clip <clears throat> of Dune. Cool, love it. No, I, I agree. Uh, they definitely didn't show the Little Mermaid trailer because Disney owns ABC. That's definitely not the reason. And Bob Iger's no, in the crowd, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. 
Yeah, he was um, like he was like ten rows back too. Like this dude owns the company. You couldn't pop him right in front. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure if he wanted to be front center, he put him would in be. the back row. Let let the people who were nominated that night be closer to the front. Get out of here, Bob. Um, speaking of the crowd, uh, Thames, baby, what is you doing? Uh, she for for those who don't know, uh, Thames was the young lady who had the giant uh, headpiece um, blocking the view of seemingly the the five people in the immediate three rows behind her. Uh, so much so that any footage of her, you see people craning their neck to look around, and it's like. Look, I get it. You want to make a statement with fashion and everything. And hey, I think Tim's is super talented. Uh, she's fantastic. But um, don't do that. <laughs> don't don't impede other people's enjoyment of the experience. Like, you know, whether it was the designer's fault and they made something that wasn't detachable. Or, you know, whether it was Tim's fault for for choosing to say, hey, yeah, I'm going to sit in the crowd with this and everybody behind me be damned. Um, you know, it's just uh, <laughs> I think it was a poor, poor choice. Um, that's that uh, movie. Tim's- that's that movie goer energy where the cell phones pulled out in front of uh, you and you're just like doing everything you can to try and avoid it. So, dude, tell me I, about uh, it. Shout out to those uh, those who tried to move their head around. You know, you just you gotta you gotta try to fight through it. Yeah, uh, but her collaborator Rihanna uh, on the the Wakanda Forever soundtrack. Um, for for me, Rihanna had the clear cut performance of the night uh, as far as like the uh, the musical performances go. Um, this was the second time that I got goosebumps this night, and. Uh, you know, I, I love the song. Um, I did have it on my ballot to win. Uh, you know, I don't know uh, what not to not to ended up winning. So I'm, I'm happy for them. And that that was a, uh, a good selection. Um, the song Lift Me Up, uh, not lyrically amazing, but the performance itself, uh, tremendous. And especially this live performance, uh, you know, usually when you have performances at awards shows whether they're movie or music shows um sometimes sometimes they don't come off as good vocally uh whether it's you know whatever is going on but not only vocally was it just stellar but you know she looked like a million bucks gorgeous gown on everything so i am all about uh the queen and it makes me sad that she's i'm assuming going to uh take a step back um, for her second pregnancy. Uh, Harry, we were talking about montages. The in memoriam <laughs> continues mm. to disappoint uh, more omissions uh, as per usual. Uh, Kevin Conroy being left out was the big bummer for me. I know he's not a huge movie star, but you know, he has been in some movies and uh, he was a big loss for me personally. Uh, Charles B. Dean was baffling. Uh, you yeah. have a movie that is nominated for Best Picture, and one of the leads in it 
passes away and you do not include them in the in memoriam strange uh paul servino was another big one that was left out i mean there were a lot of big did you names uh, that were did left you out. did you scan the qr code at the screen at the end of the performance to see if no, uh, the names I, were on there i didn't i didn't <laughs> but you know i made that joke to dom he was sitting next to me and i was like what the the other people weren't worthy of making it onto tv it's like yeah, yeah we've got plenty of time for cocaine bear jokes but guess what sorry for all you um lifetime members uh and people contributors of this industry you don't get to make it on um i think that's a segment that they could probably just cut or maybe run a rolling list of like there's something they should do there that like i get you want to have them have their moment but at the same time, I don't know if we need to save or save all that until that night. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Well, and the other thing, too, that was kind of mystifying was the, I guess, the editorial choice they made to to have like one, like they'll put up two portraits on screen, but one is blurry. And then yeah. the, the one that's clear fades out and the one that's blurry fades in. And it's like, OK, but you're just. Like you're prolonging the segment. So then that's taking away from time from people who could just be on there that's you know, like rather in, than doing these stupid transition effects. Uh, just have both clear and present and then move on to the next set. That's like in college when you have a presentation that has to be like 10 minutes long and you're like, how can I draw this out? And it's like you pull up the slide and then you're hitting the space oh, yeah. bar to bring up every other <laughs> PowerPoint 101, baby. Yeah. <laughs> bring up a different point each time to try and get your uh, your time filled there. But yeah, just weird and strange. Yeah. So disappointed. Black mirror dystopian about a QR code to view a longer list of those who have passed yeah. on. I don't know where so. <laughs> yeah, I, I get what they're is... going for there, but I, I that, in no world does that sit right. And also, I'm not scanning your QR code ever unless I'm at a restaurant that I genuinely yeah. want to be at. <laughs> Yeah, Dude, and by the time I, 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 yeah, Sean, great point. Whenever something <laughs> says like scan this QR code, by the time I find my phone, get my camera up and all, it's gone. I'm like, oh, I spent all, I spent ten seconds of effort, and now like to see a trailer I just watched, or maybe yep. something with a second longer. Exactly. Um, I hope um, uh, just with the in memoriam, really quick on that note. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm praying, and I'm going to write the academy every day till I get this. I want next year. For them to include the Snyderverse at the end of the in memoriam as the in memoriam, well, yes. that'll never in, happen in because memoriam. it won't friggin' die. It just keeps. It's going enduring. to die this year. We talked about it. Um, once Aquaman two comes out, and then they just put it really big after whoever passes away this year, and then the Snyderverse. Well, yeah, you would think so. And then uh. Snyder tweets out a stupid Dark Side tweet today, yeah, and all of a sudden. Die. We'll talk offline about that. Yeah. I'm, that, that that got me. That got me boiled up. <laughs> boiled All up. right, enough of Snyder. Uh, back to the Oscars. Um, so we touched <laughs> on it a little bit earlier, but uh, best supporting actress, um, Jamie Lee Curtis. It, uh, you know, I was, I'm happy that she got a win. Um, I don't know that this was the right one. That was a very stacked category. I believe, uh, Harry, you mentioned it. And I just, um, it really, it really bums me out that that was the performance that won. It's funny because at Harry's party, as they were presenting, but before, um, before the winner was announced, I'm like, the only lock for this category is that Jamie Lee Curtis is not going to win. (laughs) <laughs> and sure enough, she won. Uh, it it blows my mind that in the same category with 
Stephanie Shu, who I, I think should have been the winner. And um uh uh did, did Hong Chow and and Angela Bassett. I mean those those for me were the heavyweight contenders in this category. Harry Condon. You forgot her from Banshees of Inishir. Um, didn't forget her. <laughs> um you know her her performance was very good. Uh but just it say, is, you it, forgot to include Banshees of Inishir. Are discussion. you on the Banshees payroll, dude? Like it's over. You <laughs> I'm don't on, have I'm, to... I run their I run their Reddit. Oh, it's just it, it blows my mind that Jamie Lee Curtis was the one to win and it felt almost kind of like a pity vote. I don't know. Well, I'm I'm just throwing it out I, there. Uh, I agree with you there, Greg. I mean, was am I happy to see Jamie Lee Curtis get an award? Yes. Am I happy A24 got another acting award? Yes. But, you know, it's the problem with the Oscars for, for decades, right, of not awarding a deserving actor for the right role, right? It's almost right. like a, I don't want to say makeup or a yeah. career lifetime achievement esque award, but it is very much a Jamie Lee Curtis is, has been around for a while. Everyone loves her. She, it's time. It's time award. And you know, what better opportunity than this movie that already is just steamrolling through every category and has the backing, but agreed that, you know, especially in a category where she was sharing with a co-star, albeit a more deserving co-star in my opinion, I do find yeah. that very odd, especially in, uh, you know, the Oscar show white era. I mean, the fact that that has not been called out that Jamie Lee Curtis, who has been an outspoken, you know, advocate for Michelle Yeoh and the rest of the everything everywhere all at once cast to kind of take the limelight from, from her Asian co-star in, in an all Asian movie um, is, is just an odd thing to have happened and received very little you know, pushback in the age that we're in. But it's also, it's also surprising to me. They didn't cancel each other out like in a way agreed. where it's Split like, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh. I saw a tweet that summed it up perfectly, which is um, you should not be allowed to win an Oscar for a cat, an acting category. If you start in Halloween ends in the same year, Ooh, <laughs> I love Halloween that. ends, uh, not as bad as Halloween kills. Uh, I will say well, that that's my uh, <laughs> hot opinion debatable um your hot opinion is this papa spaces hot uh, papa spices hot opinions yeah exactly so. it's a hot take uh branding my guy um yeah so i don't know the jamie lee curtis thing um it is what it is uh angela bassett got some um some chirping afterwards for i guess being a sore loser because she quote unquote big quote unquote uh for you know not standing up or clapping when uh, Jamie Lee Curtis won um, throwing it to the crowd here. What do you guys think about that? Because personally, like, look, I get it. Uh, I don't know that I would be super happy either. This has been a long time coming for her. She finally has a legitimate shot. Same, same story basically as Jamie Lee. Although yeah. I would argue Angela Bassett probably faced more challenges. hundred um, percent. And, you know, I think I think she was in her right place. It wasn't like she was doing thumbs down or middle yeah. fingers up. You know, I, I think she was cool uh, to do that. So w was her behavior appropriate in your eyes? Listen, I, I yeah, yeah. Listen, listen to me. I mean, we had a we had some trivia and ballot uh, competition at, at my uh, Oscar party. And there were some disappointed faces that they, they mm. didn't come out on top. So. Um, you know, I mean, listen, in the moment when you're sitting on that stage, which you've probably sat on multiple times over multiple years and 
you know, I'm not going to try to get into her psyche if she's thinking this is my best performance or this, you know, whatever, you know, or I should have been rewarded for this. But it's like you're there and, and you're told, you know, it's not your year. Better luck next year. And it's like, you know, a lot of a lot of sacrifices go into that. You know, just think about if you were at your workplace, you know, recognition. I mean, you know, in, in, a, in a previous position, there was uh, GM of the year, uh, you know, awards that we used to go to and be a part of and, you know, to not see your success you know, you're happy, obviously, for, you know, your peers. But at the same time, you know, I'm sure deep down she, you know, wants some recognition. So no, no issue with it at all, especially immediately after. Now, you know, it's, uh, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, over time. But I think, you know, if this is all there is to be of it, it's it's a whole lot of nothing uh, for me. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with with Harry in that. um I just don't care. You know, I think it'd be mm. different if either of the performances were that great. Um, and I think that's the big issue here is that if it is a very contested, both are front runners kind of race and one comes out, I mean, granted, you're never going to be coming out on top when you do that. Right. Even if you're not doing a thumbs down, if you right. don't do the thing, right. The clapping, right. the put it, you're an actor, right. This is your profession. Act like you're happy for the 10 seconds. The camera's on you. But again, with, in my opinion, I don't think Angela Bassett was that great in the Black Panther either. I, I also was not huge on Wakanda Forever. Um, in the same way, I don't think Jamie Lee Curtis was that great in Everything Everywhere All At Once. Were they both good? Yes. Were both uh, performances, you know, solid? Sure. Were either of them Oscar worthy, Oscar nomination worthy performances in almost any other year? In my opinion, not by a long shot. So, um, to be honest, I just, as soon as that dialogue started online, I saw it and just kind of rolled my eyes and went, guys, like this is, you know, we're focusing our energy on the wrong place here. Um, that's, that's my take. Yeah. Hans, how about you? Angela Bassett. Okay. Not to clap or I, you're upset in the moment. Now it, it'd be, it'd be different if she comes out and says like, you know, I'm sure she's going to get interviewed and people are going to call her <laughs> out on that and say like, are you happy for, J-? they're going to ask dumb questions like they did to the rock like oh are you happy for jamie lee curtis like then she's gonna say like yes like i think in that in that moment you, i probably would be a little upset too I, I i might do that like upset kind of face but do like a like a slow clap like at least you know but i'm never gonna be in that position probably uh but it is what it is i it, there's cameras everywhere with these with, with ever so it's like she wasn't doing anything wrong she was being emotional and reacting and and like I like you had said, it's not like she gave thumbs down or flipped off the bird, like st- like stood up and walked out. She she had a reaction, and and I'm sure she and maybe deep down she is happy for Jamie Lee Curtis, but you know you want it more. And, and when you're uh, when you're the nominated one of five act- actresses nominated for a category and you don't win, it's natural to say it's natural to be upset. Now, I, you know, I, I prefer like to see the reactions from other performers and other actors and actresses who, when they win, other people on the reactions like go crazy and they and happy are genuinely happy for it. I'm sure Angela Bassett's happy and I'm sure she's happy for Jamie Lee Curtis, but she's sad that she lost and that's all that is. It's the camera showing on her and it just it just got her at a bad time. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, but here's the deep down Carrie Condon should have won. And that's okay. my my opinion. So right, enough, enough of that. I think another area we button. should 
<laughs> focus on uh, in the best supporting actress race when it comes to the reactions too would be Stephanie Stephanie's reaction um, when Jamie Lee Curtis won, and then even beyond when yeah. um, you know every. All the cast members from everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once were together with their Oscar. And, and she was kind of one of the only ones that wasn't. And I think, unlike Angela Bassett, she was probably the one who deserved it, you know. But she, yeah. I think, handled it with grace and uh, a surprising amount of humility I don't think I would have, you know. That's that. Um, uh, not God. Yeah, that's that young, youthful, I'll be back. It'll, the, right. the, my time will right. come again. And it's like, oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, she yeah. still has time to do the thing. So maybe, yeah. that's, maybe that's it. That's the kid from the Goonies. Jeez, sorry. That was, um, that was mean. <laughs> so, so. Moving on to a different category: uh, actor in a leading role. Um, hands, you had mentioned it. Brendan Fraser. Very happy that he won on my ballot. I again, I voted with my head and not my heart. I, my heart was saying Brendan Fraser. I didn't think that he was going to pick up the win. I actually thought it was going to go to Austin Butler. Uh, and I, I agree that Fraser's performance, I think was more impactful. Um, but I know Hollywood loves a good biopic and Austin Butler did uh, inhabit that role. Um, he, for all intents and purposes, became Elvis and, I, I was surprised that movie got as much critical love as it did. But, uh, you know, I think the one thing that everybody can agree upon was his performance. So I thought for sure he had that win in the bag. But I'm happy that uh, Brendan Fraser got it and, and happy that this is, you know, hopefully just the start to his comeback story also. Um, as far as other films, uh did All Quiet on the Western Front deserve all of its wins? Uh, I don't know. Debatable. I know a uh, friend of the show, Jess, <laughs> was very up in arms about um, the many awards that All Quiet picked up. I th- was yeah, That had to be like the second most winning movie yeah, of the night, was. right? Yeah. Uh, mostly technical awards. A- again, I think this goes back to... Um, Hollywood, you know, they, they seem to have it in or not have it in, but they, they seem to be enamored by uh, certain genres and a, a good war pick will always uh, take over. Now, that's not to diminish from All Quiet on the Western Front. I, I did watch it. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think I gave it four out of five stars. Sean, I know you were big over the moon for it. Um, that was a five out of five for me. Whew, there you go. So... You know, I I think I think that was kind of much ado about nothing. It's it's kind of just, you know, does does the Academy have um, a, a fondness for war movies? Yes, but was this deserving? Uh, in my opinion, also yes. So you know, maybe it was a mix of the two for the reason it picked up so many uh, awards. Yeah. Um, Harry, you had mentioned it. Fableman's Tar, Elvis, Banshees, all shut out. Uh, Banshees and Tar, uh, or no, I'm sorry. Banshees and uh, Fableman's, I am not surprised about getting shut out. Um, I actually, so Banshees, you know, we discussed and I was okay on it. Fableman's, I really enjoyed and I am a huge Spielberg fan. It was a good movie. It, it, I actually, I would say it's great. I think I that was another one I gave four out of five stars. But I, 
I also don't know that it was strong enough in any category to pick up a win. I guess maybe the dark horse would be like Judd Hirsch in best supporting actor. He's Um, in one scene. No. Well, yeah. So that's the thing is like, he was only in it for, you know, 10 minutes maybe. Um, But that's the only category that I could see them picking up an award in. I just, uh, it was one of those where at least for me, even though it was a great movie, I didn't see it earning any real awards. Uh, Banshee's just not, uh, not cut out for it. I don't think, I, I think it was outclassed tar. I was, um, I wasn't shocked about that getting shut out except for best actress. Like I said, I thought for sure they were going to give it to Blanchett and Elvis. I did think, even though I wasn't huge on the movie, I, I was really looking forward to it, but the movie itself, I, I found it's not lackluster, but it didn't live up to expectations. I thought for sure uh, Austin was going to win for best actor and then maybe uh, maybe production design um, because I did think that a lot of the uh, the setting and costuming and all that stuff all all together blended in to uh, to really give that right. uh, 50s, 60s, 70s vibe. Um, but yeah, the other movies, I don't know. I, I Look, they got shut out. I I'm not losing any sleep over it. Uh, last point, and then I'll toss it back to you guys. But um, I did see some chirping that this was one of the worst Oscars in recent years and all that stuff. Uh, not by a long shot. <laughs> I thought, you know, even though I rail against um, Kimmel as the host, and and yes, this was not a perfect program, as, as I pointed out in my various uh, topics just now. But um, I don't think that this was... Uh, I didn't think it was super boring. I didn't think that anything outrageous or unnecessary happened. You know, it wasn't, was it the most entertaining Oscars? No, but it certainly wasn't the worst either. So I don't know what people are talking about with that. It's like, I get it. There wasn't some water cooler moment like (laughs) an actor slapping another actor, but uh, guess what? It's, that's not the night for this. So I don't know. Those are my thoughts. Uh, I'm going to pass it back to you, Sean. Uh, how about your thoughts on the second half of the show and, you know, I guess a final final summary? Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess just building off of what you mentioned about it not really having a water cooler moment. Uh, obviously, we've talked about the slap. I think that's a little um, tired at this point. But what this was mm. missing was, uh, you know, as you mentioned, just something different, a shock, a surprise, you know, Parasite winning Best Picture and international, you know, that the show ended with such a sense of joy, the La La Land Moonlight debacle, not, you know, for the positive, but gave someone some, uh, everyone something to talk about, you know, Anthony Hopkins winning instead of Chadwick Boseman at the end of the show, again, not positive, but it gave someone to talk, everyone something to talk about. And that's kind of what this show was missing in, in my book. Um, in terms of second half of the show, I mean, I don't have much to add that you haven't already mentioned. Uh, or that, you know, Harry or Hands have mentioned before. I do want to just highlight, again, I am biased. You know, A24 walking away with um, nine wins out of 18 nominations. They had six movies uh, nominated. They took away 100% of the big four acting nominations. So, you know, I did a intern at A24. I'm wearing my A24 sweatshirt in solidarity with the independent film distribution company. But more so, I'm just so happy that I think this award show while boring is a step in the right direction for exciting independent films. And whether that's a 24 
that's Neon, that's Annapurna. I think rewarding movies like every, everywhere, everything everywhere all at once um, is, a, is a step towards those kinds of movies getting more funding, right? With diverse casts, smaller budgets, you know, original stories being told. I think that is my big takeaway. Didn't love so, the movie, didn't love the show, but I'm excited for the future of independent movies. I I agree and I share your enthusiasm, but I'd be lying if I didn't say part of me was also hesitant because with all this, as you mentioned, become uh, comes more money to use and and higher expectations and all that. And I hope that not saying that they'll leave the the independent genre, but I just I hope that they remain true to what has brought them to the dance and just continue churning out quality lower budget stuff. I don't need to see them make a, a jump into uh you know vastly different genres or um right. or uh you know middle budget stuff. Like let's just you got yeah. a good thing going. Let's keep it like that. Believe me, I, I don't want to see an A twenty four Marvel movie anytime soon, but I, I hope <laughs> I hope what'll keep them honest is again their competition, right? I don't right, want to just right. be singing A24's praises because they did make me change copier paper and do the dishes and call it an internship. <laughs> but, you know, Neon already has the best picture win with Parasite. And if you're in a, they've been out of the game a little bit, but there's plenty of competition hot on their trails. I think we'll keep them honest and we'll keep the industry just leaning towards good original stories. They don't, you know, mm. need to be these big budget action movies that, to be quite honest, their Oscars are at the box office, right? They make hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, everything everywhere all at once, like Harry mentioned, was A24's highest grossing movie that they've distributed. And it was just over $100 million. You know, there's some movies that make that in a day. So um, I, I agree, Greg. I, I hope that they remain true to themselves and remember what got them to where they are. But if they don't, Neon or Annapurna will come in and hopefully give us something good to watch. That's, that's my closing take on the show that I didn't have much nice to say about, but I'm happy that it's a step in the right direction. Okay. I just had a fun fact. I did not know Sean interned for A24. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, Previous right. life. Can you put that on trivia next year so at least yeah. I know one of the questions? All right. Yeah, I don't want to brag. I definitely don't fact check this, but I am the reason Moonlight and Everything Everywhere All at Once won. Um, mm. More of a sleeper cell is what they call me. But, um, you also wrote marketing. the script for Lamb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> after, after a bad trip to a petting zoo. Yeah. <laughs> uh well, yeah, I was going to say uh, just to kind of close out on the show. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know how you could listen to uh, Voodoo Mama from the Babylon soundtrack and not give that best original score. Um, Greg, you roll your eyes, but you haven't seen the movie. So um, keep it down over there. I haven't, but I can also tell you the all quiet score. Oh, the three, the three was super memorable. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah got no, it. but it's memorable. Yeah. All right, I'll wait till you see Babylon when you don't actually ever see it. It'll be okay. fine. Um, yeah. You let yeah. me know. It's all to get off Paramount um, Plus. <laughs> I think it's on Peacock. Like Top Gun. Yeah. Like Top Gun, Greg's <laughs> going to watch it on his Nintendo 3DS. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> watch it um, on my Shrek 2 combo TV VCR. But yeah, very, very excited to uh, to spend next year uh, doing trivia and ballots and having people over to celebrate another year in film. And my my favorite part about this, you know, when Oscar season happens and when the Oscars happen is that uh, a new year film is being born. Um, it's already been happening. Uh, and I'm very excited uh, to watch more movies this year than last year. And 
yeah, can't wait to see what is in store for us. And um, I will say there is a um, film from A24, I think the the lives of other people or um, I'll have to look up the exact name, but uh, that apparently just premiered at, uh, I think, South by Southwest. And it uh, apparently could be, a front run- could, could be a front runner um, for next year. So, um, but I think that usually happens with any movie that comes out uh you know around this time as the oscar season's happening so so we'll see how long it holds but just to keep that in the back of the mind uh as uh you know the year rolls on okay well thank you boys for talking oscars uh i think we can all agree it was an experience (laughs) um it it was a show (laughs) uh so the last of us uh this the season has wrapped up and you know we had previously discussed uh, i believe the first six episodes so um yeah. let's talk first, first five, five yeah yeah first five my bad it's okay uh so why don't you take us through let's let's talk the uh remainder of the season and folks there are spoilers for the yes. remainder of the season so if you're not caught up on the last of us and uh, I, w- I would yes, say the last of us the last of us uh video game as well the first one so if you haven't yes well, I, I've yeah, been. Yeah. I've. I got a disclaimer early before we started this recording that we are not jumping in the spoilers for Last of Us Part Two. Um, yes. The video game. Uh, well, not season two of the show because it's not out yet. <laughs> but um, yes, we will be dabbing, dabbling in uh, uh, spoilers for the game and um, and the show. So uh, I'll kick it off. It's a very hard thing to do to rate a video game adaptation because I can count on less. less, less I don't even need my whole hand to count how many are actually good. Um, so you got the, I was you got the three Mortal Kombat's, Last of Us. What's your? What's your? That's your Mount Rushmore right there. Yeah. Um, now, did you say two Mortal Kombat's or just one Mortal Kombat? Uh, three Mortal Kombat's. Yeah, yeah. Mortal Kombat um, one, two, and the remake. Look at Greg. I'm yeah. riling Greg up already. No. Yeah, you are. Um, Detective Pikachu. I'm kidding. Definitely I'm kidding. Yeah. Well, so, come on, Mario. Mario's not even out yet. That'll be your whole hand. Yeah, true. I, I was legit going to say that. I, I'm really excited for that. Uh, it's hard to rate a video game adaptation, but this is probably. My, I, it's hard to say my favorite video game adaptation because that's kind of saying, you know, what 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 pile of crap smells that smells the best. <laughs> um, this is an actually like very excellent show and they the second half of the show we we you know we touched on the first five episodes um the last four closed the show out perfectly and as we're talking about award seasons and i you know i i would not be surprised and you know just because of hbo's track record if this leads any emmy nominations coming up next year uh best show best actor best actress i i don't i don't see it i don't see what show now we're really early in the year but i don't see what what's gonna beat it uh, and I think this is going to be like a front runner for um, for a lot of those awards as they come out. Uh, this show is phenomenal. The second half of the show is excellent. Um, the one thing that I, and I need to give a huge shout out to, and I, I might have mentioned on our previous episode, but I was a little hesitant. And I and I mentioned I didn't see we didn't see a lot of range with Bella Ramsey playing Ellie, at least in my opinion, for the first five episodes. She killed it. She was a standout for me in the last four episodes. Now, where we left off, um, it's when you know Henry and Sam um, 
Joel and Ellie had just went through the whole Henry and Sam, Henry and Sam experience. And, uh, you know, Joel ends up getting injured. And when they're scavenging through a, uh, the university of Colorado, um, and Joel goes down, takes a, a whatever sharp object to the stomach and basically stabbed and he's borderline at, at death. Um, from then, it, it you know it touches on a lot of the big parts of the game, um, and we'll jump into one of them later. That it's part of the game I don't even remember. I played through the game two or three times, and I forgot all about it, um, with the exception of a couple little details. But a lot of uh, a lot of uh, I owe a lot of um, a lot of props to HBO and the creators of the show. I thought this was going to fail. I thought it was going to be I thought it was going to be like an okay show that didn't have a big following. This show as and in the second half the ratings just kept going up and up and up until it got to the finale where I think it was the highest rated or highest watched finale. I don't I it might have been since House of the Dragon or more than House of the Dragon, but it it just it took over like it took over TV. Um so you know, we, we get to see a lot more of the second half of the relationship build between um, Ellie and Joel uh, that we, you know, we see through. We get a whole game on, but in this is these last four episodes do a lot to um, to kind of solidify Joel as that father figure for Ellie. For Ellie. Um, we get some awesome, awesome cinematography from um, the town of Jackson um, and that whole, you know, into the into the um, woods type of environment that they're in. Um, the town name that I don't, and I don't remember, which is David's town, the resort, um, that's all beautifully shot. I don't know where I, I, I meant to look up where they did shoot it. I know some of it, I believe was in Canada. Um, the majority of the show was in Canada. Majority was in Canada. Um, it's, it's, it, this is a beautiful looking show and it's not a, I hate when people call this a zombie show. This isn't the walking dead. This is not a zombie show. We don't see any. I don't see we see we don't see any infected through these few episodes through these four episodes maybe three or four light on infected for sure I, well yeah I would say you you definitely get infected at least once per episode but it's it's not always like yeah. it's not like the game where you're like crouching behind cameras right. and, and right. putting shivs together um, which I would have loved that scene that's I I really wanted that scene of just like Joel putting a shiv together and just uh, right, the fireflies. Um, but I, uh, I, I, it's very light, and 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 people, a few people I saw online, they're like, "This is a blah blah blah, the worst zombie show." Blah blah. I'm like, it's not. It's if you know the source material, it's not a zombie show. It's more of a survival show, and it's 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 how you're dealing with the apocalypse, and and the dangers aren't necessarily these creatures. It's it's humans. And yeah, that follows kind of the Walking Dead pattern, where every every season of the Walking Dead they find a they find a a, a place that could be a, a, a safe haven, and those people turn out to be crazy and rinse repeat for nine seasons, and that's what that's the Walking Dead. Um, I think this is a little different. Um, this is pretty much hey, we're going to get to a settlement other outside of Jackson, and these people are going to be just straight up like Joel doesn't trust anyone. He doesn't even like put his trust in to the point like even the fireflies he's just his first reaction is no one is he doesn't second guess these people and think that they're gonna do good like he his instinct is i'm gonna basically kill everyone to save ellie 
Um, and I, I think from from the game, and I mentioned this multiple times. I'm not. I wasn't a huge fan of the game, um, but I, I do respect the, the the people who think this is like some one of the best games ever. Thanks. Um, I will say this is the best adaptation ever, uh, and it, it kept me engaged. Like I went home after the Oscars, and all I wanted to do was watch the finale because it was on. Um, That's why you left HBO, early. Got it. Yeah, HBO <laughs> couldn't change the time, and the Oscars couldn't change the time, and all they they weren't thinking, and they weren't keeping my my interest aligned. So I, you know, I I watched it like right away. Um, but yeah, it, it it was good to see just the the relationship between. Joel and Ellie, and I was I was worried how they were going to do a whole game in nine episodes. They cut out a lot of stuff. They changed some stuff. They added in DLC content, which um, I didn't play, but mm, they added it shame. in, and it was important to the story. Um, is it? Is it? Is it worth it? Yes. Okay. All right, it's Sean. A whole thank you. Episode in the nine episodes they allotted for a game. No, I didn't mean. I didn't mean the episode. I meant the actual DLC, like in the yes. game. I didn't play it, so that yes. was all new to me. Yeah, um, yes, it is worth playing. Okay, thank you. I would say so. Um, I'm not going back to play the whole game. I just got to play the DLC. Um, so it was. I, I like that was one of the episodes where, and I, I feel like that was the slowest for me, and that was the you could have made that a half hour episode or maybe cut that. You could have cut a chunk of that episode out. Um, but we get to see how Ellie basically finds out she is, um, she's immune to the, um, the quarter infection. Um, and I don't know. I, it, it's, I, there was something about that episode. I just, and we'll talk like, when would we do a little bit of a, a little bit episode breakdown, but I mean, my initial thoughts were for the last for the second half was it was much better in the first half, and that's saying a lot because I love the first half of the show. Um, but as a video game adaptation, I I, I need season two, um, but it's going to be like two years before that thing. It'll be out. a while for sure. Yeah. Um, now I'll throw it over to Harry. I yeah. know you're a you're a huge huge uh, huge on the game, yeah. And I know you like the first half. So I think far, I, so. I think I bullied everyone on this pod to uh, to play it. Um, maybe maybe Dom. <laughs> contributed to some of that as well um for sean but uh yeah i mean these these uh, i was i was happy that and I, I didn't really have too much concern that they wouldn't stay true um throughout but i mean there's definitely that you know when when we talked about episodes one through five where i was getting a six through nine and i was a little bit concerned if we would you know stick the landing here and you know, it stayed true to the game a lot of the times, as as Hans mentioned, and I, that 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 I think made me the most happy. Um, it's kind of weird watching content. You know, I, I I now know how Greg feels when and Hans when we watch these Marvel stuff, and it's like, did you read comic one seven nine about you know the Dark Lord Avenger? And it's like, oh no, I didn't watch that. What is that about? And it's like, well, get ready. Um, I joke, but you know, when the Kang, you know, the Kang stuff, um, yeah, (laughs) that's canon, that's canon. Um, but, uh, so, so it was interesting for me and it's something I would, I hope this show spawns that we get high quality adaptations of, of games. Um, you know, because I think, you know, when we talk about what could be the next thing for movies or for television, I think video games is definitely a way to go. Um, that if done right, I mean, you see the success that they have, um, from this in regards to it. So, 
Um, but yeah, episode episode six when they, you know, as as Chris mentioned, I really like the Jackson comparison to the game. Um, you know, not to go into spoiler territory with two, but you get a lot more of Jackson. Um, you know, in in future stuff. So um, that that was actually I thought well well planted seed um, to see kind of what life is like in Jackson um, because I don't think when you play the game, it's more of like you work on that dam or you're in that kind of dam area for a while. And it's like, you don't really get to see the town as much. Um, and then, you know, episode seven with left behind, you know, storm Reed playing Riley, um, as Chris mentioned, the, the, the DLC, uh, really gives you more insight into Ellie's life before you get to the game, you know, before you get to the story of the last of us, um, you know, uh, which I really enjoyed, um, and I thought Storm Reed did a great job. Um, episode eight, when they get to, you know, uh, the episode called When We Are in Need, um, with Scott Shepard playing David and, and Troy Baker, who actually voices Joel in the game, uh, playing James. A small role, um, but I thought, you know, uh, David, Scott Shepard as David was, uh, was pretty, was pretty good, um, and pretty spot on for the game. Um, you know, it's a complaint with episode eight and episode nine that I have is that I wish, they were a little bit longer. They had spent a little bit more time, but I, the other part of me also likes the execution of just kind of being like, Hey, you know, we're, we're going to the point um, and kind of moving on. Um, But they could have, they could have, if they wanted to taken a little bit longer to kind of build that up um, for it. So, um, and then episode nine, look for the light. Um, Ashley Johnson uh, in the beginning scene playing, uh, Ellie's mother, Anna Williams. She actually, Ashley Johnson, play voices Ellie and plays as Ellie in the game. Um, and uh, one of the things you know that that uh, for show watchers who've never played the game, when you get to episode eight, is kind of when you take over for Ellie. Um, you know, when they kind of when Joel gets injured, you take over from playing as Joel and playing as Ellie. Which you know, when I first played the game, I said, "Oh, here we go." You know, it kind of was. I'm not saying innovative, but it was definitely was something where it's like, oh, you're no longer the main character because you think you're supposed to play as Joel the whole time, um, you know, and no, you're only going to use Ellie in like short scenes. Um, but uh, but yeah, that was that was a, a great thing that I enjoyed um, getting a little bit more to see Bella Ramsey shine uh, because I think she really steals the show over Pedro, um, just like in the game. I think you know uh, in regards to that as well. Um, so yeah, as, as far as overall, you know, thoughts on the show, um, I'm going to save those, uh, and I'll toss it to, to our guest, Sean, because, uh, Sean, as, as I mentioned, we kind of bullied you into the game and obviously you weren't with us when we talked episode one through five, but kind of let us into your world and, and what you were thinking, you know, going into the show and, you know, how it's kind of panned out for you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I agree with everything that you and Hans have said so far. I mean, uh, I haven't heard a single negative review of the show from anyone in in the room. Wait till wait till we get to Papa. Wait till we get to Papa. Oh boy! Oh boy! Can't wait. Uh, I'm sure there's some trolls online, but again, anyone in the real world, I haven't quite heard much negativity from. Uh, Yes, I did have to be bullied into playing both part one and part two of the game. I am now on part two. Takes me a while to get through it because, um, you know, I believe in honesty and, and transparency. I get very scared playing the game, and I don't always find it an enjoyable experience. I'm sure that's not groundbreaking news to anyone who's played, but the game can be quite stressful. Uh, the show, on the other hand, uh, kind of t- 
tugs at your heartstrings more than it does stress you out. Yeah. Uh, to Hans' point, there's there's not that much infected. It's a very people oriented show. Um, but yeah, you know, high level and just to kind of go through my thoughts of the end of the show, uh, six, seven, eight, and nine. I think they really, really sealed the deal. I mean, it was a hard thing to pull off, and up until episode five, they were doing a great job. But Harry, like you mentioned, getting into the second half of both the show and the game, they were squeezing a lot into a little. Um, and then once they said, hey, we're actually going to throw in this DLC content right in the middle of, you know, kind of act three of the show and make it an entire episode. That's when I was like, OK, they know what they're doing. And they're, you know, this is Craig Mazin, I'm sure, putting his stamp uh, of approval on this with Neil Druckmann saying, we believe so much in the story we're telling. We have nothing but confidence in how we want to tell it. Um, granted, I have some complaints throughout it. But, yeah, I can do nothing but really sing the show's praises. Episode eight, you know, Scott Shepard, Harry, you touched on it. I mean, that performance, what he did as David in one episode to me was just, I was blown away. I think I rewatched that episode the very next day, just because of how well executed that was. The cannibalism storyline in that episode too, dropping hints to the people who played the game. But I also had the privilege of watching the show with, with my, my girlfriend who has not played the game. Uh, and obviously didn't pick up on the cannibalism hints throughout the episode. So, you know, being able to enjoy that and then see her reaction in real time was a great element throughout. Yeah. Uh, and then episode nine, you know, they had to stick the landing. And I talked to a number of people who were nervous that episode nine had the shortest runtime of any of the nine episodes. Yep. And the show proved that they are willing to go beyond, you know, 55 minutes, right? They, there was a couple hour, hour 15 episodes. So to have the most pivotal episode be the shortest was a gamble. And uh, I'm happy to say that in my opinion, they stuck the landing and that's all they needed to do. Could it have been longer? Could it have been more fleshed out? Sure. I, w- I would have loved it if it was, you know, five hours, but they hit all the notes and beats that they needed to, in my opinion, to stick the landing. So yeah, I don't, I don't want to be too repetitive because I know you both mentioned it numerous times, but an amazing video game adaptation. And it's a perfect example of how in the right hands, you know, I'm a huge Craig Mazin fan, but in the right hands, a video game can can be a really well made show for people who have both played the game and for others. And Sean, I, and just a really quick to point that out, like the good thing, like, and I I was really nervous going into seeing the trailer for the finale because we all know, uh, all of us have played the game, and we all know the hospital scene is pretty much yes. like it's not long in the game. It's I think it's a quick, pretty quick scene. Uh, it's long if you if you can't get past. If the you're guys. not good, yes. All right. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Yes. If you're I had that good trouble. And, if, if you're good at the game, it's not a long experience. It's a pretty quick one. Um, someone like me, it, it, it seems like you've been in the hospital for like a week. Um, yes. But I was nervous when I watched the trailer because there was a lot of different scenes that it looked like they were taking place in different parts, which, yeah, there were, but it was like, it didn't look like, it looked like they were at point A, which is 100 miles over here, point B, which is uh, like all the way over here. And how are they going to get to the hospital? And I'm glad like they, they, they kind of rush through the hospital pretty quick and they do it with a little montage of, of Joel just going ham on the fireflies. I was nervous how they were going to execute that. I'm glad they did it with a montage and not just like, you know, would I love to see it live and, and, and him going through the fireflies? Yeah. But I thought they, they did it. Just to show, like, they didn't need to show, like, a whole 15, 20 minute Hans, action scene. Hans that. was asking for the raid three, but in this episode of The Last of Us, or Last yeah. of Us. So. <laughs> Honestly, Chris, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And at first, I was taken aback 
you know, because I wanted to see a 15 minute raid three esque action montage where he, you know, hides behind things and slowly takes out everybody. But I then realized too, um, that, you know, it's just not as much fun to watch that as it is to play it, you know? So I think the way they pulled it off with a really nice score set to, uh, the kind of slow moe montage of him, yeah. Taking down all these people and making a, a you know possibly irredeemable choice yeah. in in murdering a lot of people fit the narrative better than you know kind of what I would have <laughs> would have liked to see you know the the teenage boy in me wanting to just see you know action him grabbing violence. him grabbing tape and taping scissors together and and making Molotov cocktails yes like that would have been more fun <laughs> but you know I'm happy to say that I you know was proven wrong and that the way they executed it, in my opinion was was more fitting with the narrative. Um, that, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Papa, what about, uh, what about you uh, on the second half of the season? Yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> kind of agree with a lot of your points uh, that you, you all have mentioned. Um, I do want to take it back. Cause I know last time we spoke, I had mentioned uh, that Tommy's casting uh, Gabriel Luna playing Tommy. Yeah. wasn't really sold on him. Um didn't improve much uh, with the second half of the season. I just, you know, he, he looks like he could be Pedro's brother. So I guess he's got that going for him. But I, and it's not even that his performance is bad per se. I just, uh, I don't know. It, when I see him, it doesn't scream Tommy to me. So it's a little bit of a tougher buy-in than most of the other uh, casting choices. Um, again, not to say it was a bad performance, but it just, uh, I don't know. He, his, his role didn't do much for me. Um, episode six felt a bit rushed. Uh, I wish Mm. we had more time at the university. Um, episode seven, I, I did enjoy, uh, I didn't play the DLC. So I, I was unaware that this was in the game. Now I got to bully you guys um, to play the DLC. So this is good for me. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know if that could have, I don't know that it should have been a full episode. Like I could have seen that being making episodes, I guess, six and eight longer and including that stuff in, I, I don't know. Look, I'm not, a master writer and you know obviously there's pacing issues and all that stuff and you want to have complete stories within each episode but i just i don't know i don't know that that detour was entirely necessary like i feel like it it was nice to have ellie's backstory but it came right in the middle of uh, a suspenseful moment i love like i hate when shows do that it's like you know it's okay to have a cliffhanger but don't completely go away from it. Um, and I know there were like, you know, little five minute scenes here and there of uh, flash forward to the present where, where, you know, she was in the house with Joel. But I don't know. I just I felt like it was maybe uh, too much of a step away. Sorry, it wasn't um, ideal episode eight. For, for Greg Mazin over here. So sorry. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Nice. Uh, episode eight was my favorite part of the game and I felt they did it, um, almost to perfection in the show. Uh, it was just really, really well done. Um, and it it felt like playing through the game. Uh, you know, it, same thing, um, Sean watching with my wife, she, she had watched me play some of the game. So she's like familiar with some of the overall points, but, uh, 
but she didn't pick up on the cannibalism stuff either. So it was fun to watch with somebody that wasn't aware and then see the, the horror as it slowly dawns on them, what exactly is going on at this little settlement. Um, but yeah, really enjoyed that. That might actually be my favorite episode of the season as well as my favorite part of the game. And then, uh, episode nine, uh, very well done. Um, I have to disagree with you guys. I Ooh. I found it to be not much of a rescue from uh, from Joel to Ellie. I kind of wish that we did get a little more time because it seems like he just super quickly dispatches of anybody in that hospital, which it doesn't seem to be many people. Um, I thought there would be a, a little bit of a bigger outpost there, um, but we it's literally like a two or three minute clip, and he gets Ellie. Boom, he's gone. Um, question for the group, how and why did Ellie end up with Fedra? Was that explained in the DLC? Because in here we see, you know, Marlene takes her, uh, as she kills her mom. And then all of a sudden she's not with the flyer, the firefly she's with Fedra. And it's like, I don't, I don't get that. Yeah. I think, uh, and, and Harry, as you're shaking your head, so you might correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, Marlene, uh, gives, not gives, but, you know, encourages her to go to Fedra school to keep her safe. Um, okay. I believe that is in episode one of the show. And then in the game, I believe it's it's similar that in order for her to keep her safe because of Marlene's connections with the Fireflies, um, she, she puts her in the school. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say I was a little trying to remember it, too, because I've only played the dlc i think once um well i definitely only played it once but there's part of me too where you know from from a from a show comparison i feel like it's the fireflies or fedra like what side are you on a little bit more where right. the game it's like hey the fireflies are like the secret organization that's like coming up to try and like resolve like you know obviously to find a cure but like is trying to o- overtake and I, I imagine that when she goes to Boston, um, and this is me putting on my like thinking hat, is like like Sean was saying, like she probably had to go to Fedra school because there's no other real option for kids in Boston. Um, and I, I do recall what Sean was describing of like I think she enrolls her there to because she'll be safer there as opposed to being a child. You know, as Marlene goes to meetings where she's trying to get gasoline and there's a shoot up and she has she's like bleeding from the stomach. So, um, you know, I imagine that the importance is like hiding her in plain sight as, you know, trying to be a normal, you know, kid per se. Um, but I was a little bit perplexed on that. I'm a little bit more thinking, digging um, long answer for it. But, yeah. Gotcha. OK. And then uh, just final thoughts on the show, <clears throat> you know agreeing with you guys i think they they really stuck the landing um this is definitely for me one of the the best video game adaptations on big or small screen um i i'm not going to crown it as the best but definitely one of uh you know as far as what i feel could have been improved upon or what i would have liked to have seen a little more uh just a little more action uh you know whether it three or four big set pieces or encounters added throughout the scene uh, or throughout the, the season. Um, it just seemed a little light on that. And while I absolutely love 
you know them them going the uh the the human focus route and like Sean said tugging on the heartstrings and everything um you know the game also had those moments of suspense and horror and you don't get a ton of that here and it, it's like I really wish we would have balanced it out a little more and and same thing with the action but that's just a slight yeah criticism it's it doesn't detract from the show overall hbo did it again um you know heading into this i was really trying to manage expectations i wasn't watching any trailers or commercials for it and i wondered how it was going to be especially seeing how something that i loved which was the walking dead just totally fell apart and you know i loved the source material uh for that prior to the show so I was a little nervous to see how this would be handled, but I, in HBO, we trust, right? I got to give them the benefit yeah. of the doubt completely going forward. They've, they've well earned it. And this is another hit in their stable. So really looking forward to uh, um, their adaptation of the last of us two as well. Uh, however many seasons that goes across. The only, one of the only things I probably would change would be um, that whole scene with David and, you know, as I watched it, a lot of things were coming back to me as I'm watching it. That would have been if they were going to do two episodes on a specific storyline and they wanted to make the show 10 episodes, I would I would probably stretch that out a little bit and maybe and maybe somehow like I, I feel like you waste not I don't want to say waste, but the guy who played David, um, I, I he did a phenomenal job. You did not waste the screen time that he had. But I feel like if you have that talent and, you know, even Troy Baker, who is still um, I know he runs, I think he runs a podcast, like the official HBO podcast for like the follow-up shows, which I, I've listened to. Um, like he's still involved with the show somehow. So um, I, I think it would have been cool to at least have them a, like maybe an episode or a half an episode more um, and make this a 10 episode show. I think if they, once season two comes, I think they'll probably stretch that into a, a, a 10 episodes. I think they'll give one more. Um at least if they cover, depending on what they cover from the second game. Um, but I, I, I do agree that there could be, there could have been a little more, a couple more set pieces that like some bigger set pieces that they could have put some, some kind of some, a little more attention to. Um, but as someone who it's been, I maybe two years since I played the first game, two or three years. Um, that was when I, like, yeah, that's a long time. I played like a, a lot of other games since then. And I, the only thing I'm remembering now is watching the show is pieces of, of like little pieces of the game and then watching the game, some of the game and the show side by side, like on YouTube or people who are editing it together, which is extremely impressive. But I, I think another episode could have been used in here. And I hope, I hope they add an, a 10th, maybe an 11th. I don't, HBO usually sticks around nine or 10. So I'm hoping they keep it at 10 and then for the next season. But um, I, HBO, like they, they don't, they don't miss. They, 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 they know what they're doing. Miss. Um, and my, my, my fear is to get into that. And and let's jump in the. And this is a movie comparison, and I'm going to make this extremely quick. Um, we all, you know, I'll I'll compare it to um, to Christopher Nolan, Ooh. where Nolan has some ma- now. Nolan has some masterpieces. He does. I'll admit that, but. It seems like every movie that no one ever comes out with, people are just like, "Ah, oh, it's amazing! It's incredible!" Blah blah blah. Because they blah, are, blah. but yeah, keep going. 
no, no, but I'm just saying, like, but I'm saying, like, I don't want to fall into that and say, like, every show that HBO comes out with is gonna be like, oh, that's that's great because, like, they had the White Lotus, um, Severance. I'm hopefully jumping into soon. Um, Which show? But it's like uh, Severance, not Severance. Um, Succession. Sorry, Succession. Whatever, Succession, Succession, Succession. That's like a Civil War show if that that existed. (laughs) Um, So. You like that? Um, so yeah, so there, um, so they have a couple. They have a like couple shows I want to jump into, and even like past shows, they have a good track record. But I just hopefully I don't like get into that. Like anything they produce, I'm like rided for, and it's not even that good. It's like Nolan when he made The Dark Knight Rises. I, I see what you're saying, Chris, but I uh, I think I'm I'm willing to ride the train until the. I'm I'm not saying I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not. But I like I I don't want I I have a feeling that like one day like something's gonna come out and I'm be like oh my I'm, god that, like that's great and someone else will be like you I'm high? going to your house I'm like, logging I, out of your HBO almost like the banshees yeah <laughs> it's like just like banshees I'm going to your house I'm logging out of your HBO and I'm changing the password that's what you're telling me right <laughs> don't now do that. so understood don't do that. yeah uh, your wife will get that to me uh, that's probably true. Yeah, I mean, Chris, I, I hear what you're saying, but I think uh, I think this is you've been hurt too many times in the past by bad content, and you're you can't enjoy good things without worrying about the bad things to come. That's um, true. I, I do agree, though, where you know every streaming service has their own kind of genre or niche, right? Netflix is just bingeable. Um, you know, Apple TV seems to be feel good with Schmigga Doom and Ted Lasso. HBO's is just quality across every genre. They go, we just want to tell original stories. We want to give the original story, the resources and people it needs, and we want to tell it the best we can. And so far, they've succeeded. So, uh, you know, give them as much money as they need. Give Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann as much money as they need. Make season two into 30 episodes and 10 seasons. <laughs> I don't care. Give me more. Give me all of it. I yeah. do wonder also, since, <clears throat> um, Sean, you brought him up, and I think, Harry, you did too, uh, Neil Druckmann's involvement with this show I wonder how much of the success of this show or, or the quality of it is due to him yeah. being heavily involved because, you know, most times when you have an adaptation of something, you don't really have the initial creators on board or if they are, they have very little say. Whereas this, it seems like he had uh, almost like a, uh, a side-by-side relationship with Mason um, and, you know, it, it shows. It shows in successfully ad, ad, adapting the original yeah, content. Get get the people who actually created it involved to like have a say or to like, you know, be a be a voice <laughs> in that. the room um, <laughs> on it. So, but but yeah, I mean, I, one thing I wanted to mention too because you guys had mentioned it watching with significant others or or other people um, in your life. Uh, that was something for me. That's like uh, you know when I watch Game of Thrones, I, I wasn't aware of everything that happens, and your jaw kind of hits the floor as you're watching with somebody who's read the book or was like, oh yeah, what about that scene? Um, and so it was it was really interesting to kind of get to the end of of this show and you know watch them, you know hear like talk to people about like and talk to my wife about the game and she and jill's like oh re- that was in the game and it's like yeah you had to go through the hospital as joel reluctantly you know being like am i making the right choice here <laughs> and that's the thing you know and i know you mentioned one of the complaints too greg like and i think 
having a second season, you always see this with shows where now they have the confidence, now they have the budget, now they have more time. You know, I did hear that it took them like 200 days to shoot this um, season of show. So, it's a long yeah, shoot. like I, I'm sure they wanted to get through it. And, you know, now the second season, I'm sure might le- might be just as long, if not longer, or, you know, might be tighter because they have the experience. But I think having that extra budget um, and confidence from HBO to know that people are going to be tuning in to give them more to do with probably the infected um, will probably happen. Um, but what I loved most about this and, uh, you know, either listening or ingesting or reading content um, just reminded me how much of this show is about the and and the game is about the people um, and how their relationships either develop or how they're surprising. You know, when we get the kind of, um, you know, Bill, you know, diverted storyline, we get Riley introduced and, you know, the thing the thing that's beautiful about the the game, but also so uh so devastating is that Joel and the Fireflies like they're not like they're not looking out for the interests of everyone the Fireflies like want a cure but like they're not a like are they better than Fedra like we don't really know um and the the game I think plays that out a little bit more than the show does because it spends more time and and the thing about Joel is is in most of these and you talk about the Walking Dead as a comparison with um what's his face uh I'm somehow blanking on the Andrew yeah, Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln Correct. and how he's just you know righteous you know the right one um and I know he ends up going towards you know a little bit of a darker side or you know being you know challenged morally but you know that's the thing with Joel is that you know the the card up the sleeve here is that you know Joel isn't wrong in his decision, but he might not be right in his decision, you know, that, that he ends up making at the end and, you know, how, how that plays out, um, you know, in the future is, is exciting. And I'm really excited for season two. I'm happy season two won't, will span longer than, well, sorry, not as long as, as the game, uh, the second part. Um, I'm really excited to see if there will be a last of us part three and how that kind of develops over the years, um, you know, where we go. And I was happy, um, that this was such a great faithful adaptation. And I hope, you know, as Greg mentioned that, you know, they involve more of the creators of these games in the creation. Um, and my big pitch, um, you know, if I can make it here is let's get a red dead, uh, you know, adaptation from HBO. Uh, they love using horses. They love killing horses, um, in their shows. So you know, yeah, I, I've killed a bunch yeah. of that game. So, so I, yeah, I, I, that's a show. Um, show a there, whole there's more than that. There's more than that. But I think that would be a perfect adaptation for HBO to kind of try to tackle, especially with, uh, as I mentioned, probably multiple times before, um, uh, the Westworld. And, uh, you know, I know Sean is my brother in Chernobyl, uh, and we are amazing heads. So, uh, if you're looking for another, you know, well-told story, I think Chernobyl on HBO, um, you know, is, is a way to go if you want more devastating kind of, uh, storytelling. So, but if you want to break, uh, you know, maybe go something lighter on maybe Netflix or something. Um, you beat me. Couldn't second that more. Please go watch <laughs> Chernobyl. Uh, you don't need a break. Power yeah. through. You're fine. Sorry. Go um, ahead. No, it's fine. I was going to say, I, I, you, you brought up, I was going to bring up that point of like a red mm-hmm. dead. I, I think this is like now with this, the, the, let's get the floodgates open. That, let's, let's start adapting everything. The, 
<clears throat> with the short success that Westworld had, um, uh, you know, success with the first two seasons, um, I, I think this would, I think, I feel comfortable of, of a property that I love so much. I feel like HBO oh, wow. would do that. And then um, if you're familiar with Bioshock, I think they would, uh, like, this would be a perfect platform for Bioshock. But I have a feeling that that's going to Netflix, but I don't know that yet. They haven't told you. They haven't filled you know. in. <laughs> so the same thing. I'm like, what end does hands have? No, no, no. I'm just, yeah. I, I, I try. reached out to Netflix for a comment. They, mm. they, they haven't yet to answer. It's been yeah, five years. Weird. Stay tuned, folks. Yeah. <laughs> All so. right. Uh, anybody have any final thoughts on Last of Us before we bid adieu? No. Just uh, yeah. I, I, someone talked about the cameos: Troy Baker, Ashley Johnson, and Laura mm. Bailey, who. Um, this is not a spoiler, so I, I, I made sure to just double check with myself. Uh, who plays um, Abby in Last of Us Part Two? So they had brought her um, in for a quick, a quick scene. She's one of the nurses that has to see the doctor brutally get taken down for just everybody know, to save yeah, the world. All the uh, all the gunshots, <laughs> probably pretty traumatizing. Listen, I'm going to keep it spoiler free. But what business did that doctor have grabbing a scalpel when a man? <laughs> You just slaughtered 30-something fireflies with a gun pointed at your head. I just, you know, don't, I mean, come on, don't bring a scalpel to a gunfight here, guys. We've all heard this before. My other gripe with that scene, and I don't know if, if, I, I don't know if, he ran out of ammo when he had that, like the, the AR and he's just mowing them all down and he switched to a handgun. And like, what if like someone in that room was like packing and he just goes in and now Joel, Joel made a dumb decision. Like, we all know in the game, like you only do that. You only switch weapons if like you're like out of ammo. It's, a, like, it's a hard it, to switch it's, weapons. It's, <laughs> Got to pull the wheel. It up. felt like it. Yeah, and yeah, Joel had to pull the wheel up and switch to the, the handgun. And I was like, <laughs> why did he do that? Because you never know, like who's in that room. Like you just assume it's a doctor. And like, what if so? Like, uh, like other fireflies were just like standing around Ellie. Well, I guess the doctor sure. wouldn't be able to do his job, but you know what I mean. Now, stay tuned, folks. We'll get the solution in season two. Yeah, the, I'll get that. I'll get that. <laughs> why did I'll Why did the, Joel switch weapons? Yeah, I, I'm going to talk to Troy. I'm going to talk to him later. Hit him up. Uh, all right. That well, that shot. is the Last of Us, um, both literally and well, literally. Um, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for joining <laughs> us for another <laughs> exciting episode here. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for coming on and being a guest. Do you have anything for the peeps? Anything you want to shout out? I do not, but I do want to thank you guys for everything that you do, uh, bi-weekly in and out, uh, for, for the pod and for having me on, uh, no, just, you know, support independent movies so they can keep winning Oscars and, uh, support the last of us to play the games. Uh, I am now with everyone who bullied me. I, I joined the bullies and I will, I would love to bully anyone who is, is skeptical. Um, I can offer counseling services if you're scared or stressed to play it. I, I've been there myself, so that's all I have to. Plug. How can they reach you, Sean, by email and phone number if you want to? If you want to throw that out there, so <laughs> yeah, I, I'm setting up a scheduling site. Um, you know, I've got a lot of interest. Uh, some some hand holding services at a premium, of course, but you know, uh, I'm just trying to do my part to help support this great piece of content. Nice, uh, Harry. Anything for the no? Piece? Thanks so much for listening, guys. Um, you know, I hope you've enjoyed The Last of Us as much as uh, we have. Um, and Hey, if the Oscars aren't for you, um, well, you could always fast forward to when we get to the last of us. Uh, so, but, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys in two weeks. (laughs) 
hands. Anything for the peeps? Yeah, I, I would like to say, Sean, thanks for coming on. Um, you know, we don't, we don't. Uh, it's been. It took a while for us to eat lunch together at work, so you know, we've been, we've been forever. So it, it was very hard to sign on today, knowing that you would be here. But I appreciate Keep the joke it. Going. Like, we, had, we had some good discussion. I know. So I'm glad. I, yeah, that's okay. And, you know, maybe, maybe tomorrow. Looking forward to it because uh, I will say when they uh, invited me on the pod, they did mention that I'd be taking your spot. So I also found it odd when you logged on. But that's fine. Not, I noticed that. When I, I noticed on the link it said hot takes with Sean and Harry. And I was like, I thought maybe like somehow, I don't know what, what happened there. So. Must be a typo. Yeah. Well, yes. after, after A24 uh, won Best Picture, uh, I got the promotion here. So we will be letting you go. Um, <laughs> to my new fans, I look forward to working with you all. Wish you the best in your future endeavors. Um, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, be well, stay safe. We love you all, and make sure you always live spicy. spicy.